All right, we're live, so we're going to give it a little bit to see if we can get other people in here, and then we'll get started. We're live, pal. Right. We are live. Did you get to catch that press conference at all today? I caught some of it. Um, I wouldn't say like the last maybe like 10 or 15 minutes of it. What's yeah. – is, is Usman a heel? Like why are people booing him? Oh, yeah, they hate him. Do they Masvidal, hate him because Ma- of Masvidal? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Like if it was someone else, do you think it would be as bad of the boos or uh... – I, don't, I, I think a lot of people really don't like him, hmm. like just in general. But I'm at the point now where like you got to respect this guy. Like right. we're we're way past like just you know trying to prove yourself and you know you're not that cool. You're Marty from Nebraska, all that stuff. Like he's he's one of the best. Right. We're now talking, I think, 17 in a row and undefeated for eight years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's legit. That's yeah. the only thing that I have a real gripe about, like, anybody that's fighting Marty or, or you know, Usman, is that, like, that they still act like this guy is a nobody. Right. Like, they're like, I'm just going to smash your face. All you can do is, you know, uh, try to take me down and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, dude, like, this guy's a killer. Like, mm-hmm. you, you really got to bring it to beat him. Right, for sure. I'm sure we'll get in. I don't want to talk too much. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into in. it. Really quickly, yeah. what's that shirt? I was just looking at it. It's got a date oh, on it. Oh, this is the uh, this is the Osprey Ricochet shirt. Oh, man. I want to go back and watch that match just to see a couple years later. <laughs> how crazy how it, it was? Yeah, for sure. It changed the game, man. It was like, very I don't think defi- I don't think anybody right. ever saw anything like that until like that really blew up. Right. So... And the difference on where those guys went. One guy goes to to the top and the other guy goes to catering. Oh, man, I know, right? Like, Osprey is the man and Ricochet is like... He's happy to be here. ...janitor. Like, ugh. Uh, Since Mike Jones asked the first question, I'll go ahead and answer it for him. Will you guys be watching the Impact pay-per-view this Sunday? Yeah, right, Mike Jones. Um... (laughs) I'll definitely find a way to watch it. I'm not super excited about it. If this thing had like, like if this was the Slammiversary crowd that I went to in Dallas where it had like around a thousand people, like mm-hmm. I would be amped for this thing. Like they've done a fantastic job of building it up impact. I don't know if you, did you watch that um, countdown show that they did? I didn't watch the countdown show, but I saw the press conference. Yeah, the, the press uh, the conference was good, reporters. but man, really that cool. countdown show was high quality, like yeah. really well done. And Don Callis is just amazing. Like, I, I, if if that guy was any good in the ring, I don't remember him as a wrestler much at all. But like, I don't know how he didn't get over because I think he's incredible. He's always been like, I remember him Cyrus and, and ECW and all that. But like, man, he was he was, on, about, he was on Wrestling Observer Live today and just did like a super super job hyping that show up. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were. He was talking and he was like, you know, when Rick Swan faces Kenny Omega, I mean, you know, he's a great wrestler and all, but let's be honest, this is this is a kite in a tornado. I mean, this right. <laughs> <laughs> And so yeah, it was uh it was good stuff. But I mean, the match is gonna be great. Even that card is not that bad. Like it's a good show. I just right. like like they have um Ace Austin and TJP and the guy from the North in a triple threat, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, they have 
Finjuice versus the, Good Brothers. The Good Brothers, right? Like uh, Cardona and Brian Myers, the match right. you've always wanted to see. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I, I mean, I had in my mind this weekend that I'm just going to spend about 120 bucks on pay per view between that and UFC. UFC. So I'm, I'm probably going to probably going to order it. Um, I ordered. Yeah hard to kill and i didn't you know i ordered for one match obviously i hated it was fine um i really wish that they could have in the crowd impact baby faces on one side for rich and then some AEW heels for for kenny i feel like that would work that would would just it's just the fake crowd noise and everything and then you could also have that atmosphere right like Mm -hmm. AEW versus impact like make it really feel that way i like it Steven. Steven's in the house. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? What's up, Steven? You know, just finished up another exhilarating episode of Impact Wrestling on on Twitch. That's awesome. Man, so overall, what do you – I think this buildup on Impact has been fantastic. On Impact side, it's been great. Swan and Omega. Yeah, on Impact side, it's just it's unfortunate AEW hasn't co-promoted it at all over Nothing. on their side. We got a commercial. We got a, a commercial. On, we got a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was surprised. I was on the phone with my buddy, and we were just talking quickly about AEW, and I was like, "Is that a Impact commercial?" And I just went crazy. Like, finally, we got something. Yeah, for real. I did you see Tony Khan's answer about that in that press or that like uh, interview he did the other day? Yeah, um, what did he say? He said something. I don't know if he was joking. I saw the transcript, so like I don't know the context. But he was basically saying, like, he was asked the question, like, why isn't AEW promoting Impact when Impact is promoting AEW constantly? And he was like, because I'm actually paying for the paid ads on Impact. If they want to pay for ads on AEW, they can pay for ads on AEW. <laughs> you know. So I guess right. it was he made it basically sound like they just aren't paying to do advertising, but right. he is right for sure. Um, you know, sounds like they're already in a lovely relationship, and well, maybe they don't want they be... don't want to push fans towards the forty dollars pay per view this week. When in a couple of weeks they have a fifty dollars pay per view, you know that they're going to have to sell their own. Which I don't know if there's going to be a world title match on there. I don't know if they're like there's no signs. Did you see what Dave said that the the pay per view looks like? It's going to be the card. No. So he says it's going to be Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Really? He said, "Yeah, I know. I thought that was a rush." But it made me think maybe this is the setup where Adam gets his shot, but he's not ready and he loses. But did so we already have that? And then with Jericho, and I agree to a certain extent, but Kenny oh, Omega is different. They, but they, and that's right, they wrestled for the number one contender, not for the title. Right. And so, like, Kenny could right. be like, you know, you're the, the, the tag team guy. You're not the god of wrestling like I am. And then, like, Adam really gives him a fight, but at the end of the day, like, he loses. And then it could build up later on to where Adam finds some new strength or something and, and gets gets a win. Also, the Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston for the Tell titles. I'm with it. Yeah, I think, think that's going to happen. And then Sheeta and Britt Baker. That's yep. the right match. Yep. And then uh, there was one more. That I couldn't, that I don't remember off the top of my head, but that's what the pay per view is leaning towards. It's gonna be a good show. That's that's what it is. I mean, that's all. I, I'm surprised, like Brandon because Adam Page saying, is Adam Page is the number one contender. Yeah, but it does feel rushed. But maybe, but maybe, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is like because I think the long term play that everyone kind of is hoping for is. 
Hangman beats Omega, but like a year from now for that title. Right. So however they get there, though, I'm okay with. Like if he has to lose next month or whatever, I, I assume that they were going to do. I assume oh, they Darby were either versus do... Archer. Eduardo or Alonzo. Thank you, buddy. Darby Sorry, versus oh, Archer. That'll be good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, don't you find it weird um, that, like, it was, like, Archer and Sting, and now it's kind of, like, they're kind of aligned with each other a little bit? Yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah. And then you also have Brian Cage, like, kind of pulling off Team Taz, but, like, showing respect to Sting also. It seems like they're building, I, I like, this, this group is, around Sting. I think Sting. this is going to be the end of Brian Cage and Team Taz. Like, I think he's probably going to lose, and then that's going to set him away from Team Taz. And you might even get, like, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage at the pay-per-view or something like that. That'd be good. Can't have Brian Cage be in a shadow of Hook. So, we get him uh, out of there. Before we get into main topics, uh, Dirty Clergy sent a super chat. Um, who are your top five fighters in the world today? Um, the Green Ranger. Dude, always. That is, <laughs> Jason I mean, that David Frank. I have a signed Green Ranger Funko Pop sitting right there, dude. I'm not no yeah. joke. My man, I'll, I'll hit you with one of these real quick. <laughs> well, what, you want to get I'm real? You want to get real? Nah, is that right. Saba? Is that what it was it called? Saba? Yeah, whatever this thing yeah. is. Got the, the whole deal, man. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I, was a, I was a little too old. I missed the Power Ranger bubble. Like oh, I watched it was perfect, a little bit, perfect age but it was for not it. my it was not my thing. Literally like came like the right point in time in my life. Like, I needed yeah. that. Same. Yeah. I was just getting into pro wrestling around that age too. Mm-hmm. It was so it was so perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um Anyways. Popeye's fighters. Um the Green Ranger. Besides the there. Green Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> the white ring, um, uh, same guy. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up male, the female. Does it matter? Yeah, I would just say overall. I mean, Amanda's probably up there. I'd have to put her as one of the most dominant right now. Um, I mean, if Usman think, just works, I think it all again. I think Marty's up there. Usman. Yeah. I think. Would, would you have anyone boxing related in that ranking top five? What? Like, like, would you have anybody in boxing? I'm just asking. Oh, like best fighters? Yeah, like included, like like anyone. In, uh, in... maybe maybe Crawford or Earl Spence. Damn sure not Jake Paul. Uh, <laughs> Disrespect coming out of this man's mouth. Oh, right dude, now. we're gonna talk about that <laughs> garbage. Holy crap! Whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm down to talk about that for sure. Okay, so so Dirty's just saying MMA. So um, gotcha. John Jones so, is still right there. John Jones, yeah, I mean, that's for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so we got John sure. Jones, Amanda, Usman. Two more. Uh, if Adesanya wouldn't have just lost, I probably would have said him. Yeah, I definitely would have said him if he didn't just lose. Who knows? Maybe the guy that just beat him is the is the is in this hunt. Jan. I mean, Jan. That's my dude. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, him and Tashera is going to be great. I I love both those guys. Yeah. Depending on what happens Saturday, uh, Zhang Wei Li, if she can, yeah, the... she's in the combo. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Shevchenko, I, I, we got to mention. Maybe Charles too, Oliveira. Sure. Maybe Charles Oliveira. If he just goes in there and wrecks Chandler, then yeah, because definitely, be de- definitely Habib. If we if he counts, right? But yeah, but yeah, 
Oh, I'm I'm the same way, dude. I've been calling for this Oliver title shot for a minute. I've really if he if he goes in there and just works uh Michael Chandler, then yeah, he's gotta be in this combo as well, I think. Yeah. He's just now hitting his prime. The guy already has yeah. the most UFC the most subs in UFC history, and he's like twenty three or something. Francis. <laughs> Francis, Francis yeah. Ngano, to uh, me. Let me see what he does in the next fight. Let me just see. I think he's gonna destroy everyone now. I think he's really got his confidence up. So for me, it's Francis, Usman, Amanda, Charles Oliveira, and John Jones. John Jones. No one from Bellator. I'm trying to think if there's no. anyone over there. I don't think. Although yeah. McKee, McKee is really, uh, he could be like huge. If he goes there and beats Pitbull, then like you're talking about one of the very best. And Pitbull up there too. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Dual, dual weight champion, just starching everyone. Destroyed Michael Chandler when they fought. What did I see with uh, Wiz Khalifa? Is he like an owner with PFL, PFL or something? There's a I lot of them that. that that have shareholders in in there, like Todd Gurley and a yeah. bunch of people have uh, stock in PFL. And to me, PFL is lame. Like I don't I don't get the hype about it at all. And to me, is 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 it just because guys want to? get involved in the MMA business. But, I mean, some of that stuff matters about what you're doing, you know? Did you see what they just, like, showed? Uh, I saw Mark Raimondi did some articles or something about the new PFL season, and they've put some, like, $1.5 million, like, uh, like rig around the cage, like, with, like, lights and screens and all this stuff. So, Underdome. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> That's what she's describing. Um, but like, I definitely respect the fighters who go to PFL to fight. I mean, that's probably the easiest road to a million dollars for. I mean, Anthony Pettis wasn't going to get paid a million dollars in the UFC, so you know, I get why the fighters go there. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, Anthony Pettis will be interesting. I think he might lose tomorrow. I mean, he hasn't looked very impressive. When he was in the UFC, his last couple of fights. So, dude, I was there in Nashville when he knocked out Wonder Boy. Though I did not see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. I did not see that coming either. All right, but yeah, so, so I, my my list would look very similar to yours, just for the record. The top five MMA Brandon, fighters. You got anybody you want to add that wasn't on there? Mm, no, I'm trying to think of any women that I might be forgetting, but. I mean, the top dogs in the women division, I mean, you know who they are. Shevchenko. Yeah. yeah Shevchenko, Nunes. Like, they're, they're probably like, and again, like I said, just depending on what happens with Zhang Wei Li this weekend, she could definitely yep. Be, yep. be in there as well. Just, I mean, God, I rewatched that fight with her and Joanna. Amazing. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was amazing. amazing. I was live That's at that amazing. one. I was, that was, that was crazy. Standing the whole time. It was crazy. Yeah. That might, that's, I think that's the best female combat sports fight maybe It has ever. to be. There's, there's nothing yeah. close. Yeah, for sure. No, that one's it. All right, fellas. So do you guys want to just jump into 261 since we're talking MMA? Sure. Yeah, as well. All right. Oh, yeah. So. Put my sword away. Did, did you catch the press conference? Did you press the conference, uh, catch the press conference at all, Steven? Uh, the 261, no, I haven't. Okay, so, I mean, it was nice energy. Like, the crowd was pretty amped. Like, they were kind of talking trash. Marty was getting – or, God, why do I keep saying Marty? That's what they kept calling him, right? Kamara was – he kept getting booed. 
like it's Jorge's house. Like they're definitely behind Jorge. Jorge was cheered the whole time. And uh, so that's definitely going to be a home field advantage for, for Jorge. Um, Random Ocho Cinco sighting. Yeah. And his question was terrible. <laughs> and, was. Then, uh, and then, what did he um, ask? just basically, cause, cause uh, so he was trying to say like, he's going to bet on the fight or something like that. And was right. Right. And, well, and, and he's like, what makes this any different than the last time? And, Masvidal had already answered that. Then he mm-hmm. was just like, you know, I've trained for making sure no more toe rubbing or whatever. And that's basically what he said again. And the funny thing was Masvidal couldn't tell it was him because he had his mask on. And uh, after a while, the Masvidal was like, whoa, is, is that Ocho Cinco? And then he's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, he was there. But uh, it was – it was cool. It was cool to have the fans back, to have that energy back, like a lot of uh, exciting stuff going on there. So have you guys changed your opinion at all in the main event? Do you think Ma- – what's your likelihood that you think Masvidal could possibly pull up an upset, or do you think that he just has no chance in a two-smot all the way? I want to say Masvidal, just so I can – if it happens, I can be like – I. I- <laughs> <laughs> I predicted him. I, I want to say, yeah, I want to be that person, yeah. um, and that's in my in my heart. My head is Usman all the way. Like I just, I don't really see this being anything different than the last fight. Granted, last fight went the distance, right? Yes. Maybe this yeah. one, maybe this one is a little bit shorter. Maybe he actually finishes. But I, I again, I don't really see any any type of difference. I mean, who did? Was that the last fight that Masvidal had? Or I, yeah. Yeah, he's coming off that yeah. loss. Okay, yeah. So yeah. there's nothing that can really sway my opinion that it could be different on here, unless he just has the big time training camp. I mean, he he took the fight on six days' notice. He had to cut twenty pounds in six days. I mean, that could be substantial when you're going up against a wrestler. Right. I know he's trained wrestling his whole career. I think he's better than what he showed. So it's like if he can just go fifty fifty on takedowns. And keep Maz or keep Usman, you know, stuck in some standing exchanges, then he might have a chance. I will say this: I think the crowd being back does help him. I think that it definitely, you know, and it's his hometown. Like it's right. gonna, he's gonna have a lot of buzz there. Um, so it'll be interesting. Also, crowd kind of forces stand ups, right, with the judges and to, with the refs. So like. If they're getting booed out of the building every time he takes them down, then the ref might rush for stand-ups, and that could change the fight too. So I'm leaning – I'm pretty much like 80% Usman, but I will give Masvidal a 20, 25, 30% chance that he could possibly win. How often – Steve, I don't mean to cut you off. I know you want to go. But know, how often different. do we – because I would assume that uh, Herb Dean will probably – ref this fight there's a main event right like how often i mean i see a lot of fights but i just don't look at it how often does he stand fights up that are getting booed because they're on the ground like do you see that especially i mean obviously if the person has the advantage i mean he's not going to do it but how often do we normally see that from him i don't think he does it that often but yeah, with he, herb not but, so much but he's been really gun questionable with like his stoppages of fights especially lately like yeah, like almost stopping fights and like kind of getting in the way and like like and that that I that I'm concerned about with him. Um I also then, think yeah. this fight is just really dangerous for for Masvidal. Like 
Yeah. I don't even understand necessarily why you want this fight. Like, I get you want the title shot and everything, but I mean, if you lose, you're going down pretty far down the rankings, and you're not going to get another shot at the title anytime soon. I mean, he can get a big name like a like a Nate Diaz rematch or something like that, especially if Nate beats Leon. But or honestly, Nick, if Nate beats Nick, Leon. Nick Diaz and Masvidal, I think, would be. Oh, I mean, for sure. That's like, day, yeah, that's built, but that's like built, and it's built in. Well, like, it's built because you beat my yeah, brother, and exactly. now you've got to deal with me and all that. And like, if you come oh, up yeah. with a loss, you could like justify Nate or Nick fighting him. It's not like a title shot, but if he beat Masvidal, he could probably get a title shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe, yeah. that's like, that's the fight I feel like makes the most sense there. Because no, Nick looks sure. like he's in incredible shape right now. Like, I'm getting Yeah, he does. Up. Yeah, he does. So, it, it, honestly, in my opinion, if Nate beats Leon Edwards, he's getting the next shot. Or he's going to fight Colby for the next shot or something to that extent. I don't see um, anything after that. But I, I just don't think it's crazy. It, out of all the upsets of the, the three title fights – I think Jorge probably has the second best shot at upsetting than um, in, in the fights. I feel like Rose probably has the best shot, but you know, and dude, if you haven't seen that press conference, look at Valentina versus Andrade in the stare down. Valentina, Valentina is massive compared to Andrade. Yeah, like yeah. massive, way taller way bigger like it totally changed my perception on that fight did you think that did you think that uh Andras had like a like a real chance before you saw that I, I I I thought so here's my thing is I feel like Valentina hasn't necessarily fought the toughest competition lately and I thought that she's also been kind of a slow starter lately and I thought Andrade would just kind of really bring it to her in the beginning, and that might have given her an opening to where she could possibly take her in an upset. But it wasn't like, that's my bet, and that's what I would put money on. But if she had a chance of winning, that was her chance, in my opinion. Now, I just I just don't know. Like She looks really small compared to Valentina. And her last two big fights uh... – Zhang Wei Li and Rose, and I think she lost both of those. I know she beat Correct. Rose, but I think she lost the rematch. She beat yeah. Rose, then Rose beat her. And right. when Rose beat her, I mean, Rose's face was busted open. Like, she struggled, like, to get through. That's why I don't feel great about Wally Zhang, because I feel like Rose could fight a perfect fight for a round and a half and then just get caught and be done. Like, right. that's, that's why I feel like Zhang just has such a power advantage. So I'm I'm not very confident in Rose beating her. I almost feel like Rose is the better technical fighter though, but I just don't see Rose Rose winning this thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like because you know, Andrade when she knocked out Jukagian, like Jukagian was obviously she was ranked number one at the time. So it's like she's definitely the right person to fight Shushenko for the title right now. Like there's no one else at that weight class that I think is even interesting. Um, and then for the main event that y'all were talking about, I feel the same way. Like a lot of people were talking about that, like the extra time for Masvidal's camp and all that, which I think definitely could make a difference, but not enough people are also talking about how Usman had to go from Gilbert Burns to Masvidal on late notice too, which is like two totally different fighters sure. also. Like, you know, Usman, I think Usman's game plan is just effective against 
anyone in the division. The only person who's going to give him a real problem, I think, is like a GSP type guy, like someone else you can neutralize his wrestling or, or maybe like a, uh, I have to really look at the rankings, but like, I don't think Nate Diaz would beat him, but like Nate Diaz would at least present like on the ground. It would be interesting to see him going for submissions and stuff. Like I, I just, you know, or Colby, I think Colby could beat Usman as well, potentially because they match up really well, like really? stylistically against each other. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think, I think, I think Colby is like the last chance besides Shemaev to really give Usman a problem. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, him and him and uh, Usman, they were neck and neck going into round five. I had it tied two two, and and there was the body shot that Colby hit Usman with that did hurt him, and he treated it like a nut shot. So like Colby isn't lying about that when he's pissed off about it. So, I mean, it's interesting. I also think Colby's going to be in the house, by the way. I think Colby's going to be there. And did you see what he did on Twitter? No. He posted a picture with him and Masvidal's ex-wife. Well, like, yeah. did he hire her? Or? Uh, she's, like, got her ass out in jeans, and he's, like, chilling on the couch with her. And he's, like, just chilling with Miss Masvidal. Oh, my God, the ultimate trolling. This oh, guy. Very much. Well, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, By that's, far. I mean, that's, I got to give him credit for As a going pro wrestling there. fan, I respect yeah. it. If I wasn't a pro wrestling fan, it would just drive me crazy and annoy me. But as a pro wrestling fan, like, I, I respect the trash. And yeah. he's very cringe. But, like, yeah. so is Cejudo. So is a lot of these guys. Like, <laughs> well, they, they, tell they, just, they it's lean not in, natural. Well, they like, lean into so. it, too. Like, like that's, sure. why, that's why Colby and Henry have gotten away with it is because – like they recognize what it is. Like yep. if the real cringe is the people who don't who don't know they're doing it. Like that's really cringy to me. These guys, it's like a gimmick, basically. Um, but yeah, I'd I, I'd be shocked if Masvidal won that fight against Usman, though. And same with Shevchenko. Oh. I just I don't see Shevchenko losing. I, I think I think you're right, Doug. I think Rose has the best chance of anyone to, to be the new champion. Yep. Um, but but and these I are. I mean, Rose this is a great wins. show. If Rose wins, I mean, she's a two-time champ, right? Or three-time. Yeah, three-time. Three three-time champ. I mean, that's pretty good in the legacy books. Are they so, going to give uh, Joanna the next shot just because? <laughs> if it's Rose, man, I don't know. Because that, that would be the third time the third she's, fight, never right. beat, she's never beat her. If it's Zhang, maybe. Run it back. And there's Run really no back. one else outside of, like, Jan Zionan, that's like the only other name that's even like in that mix. Or well, I they guess were talking, they, they were talking to Valentina and they were like, which one would be better? Calderwood, like, like whoever fate wins out of Calderwood and somebody else would be the next contender. And I'm just like, ugh. And then she was like, <laughs> and I'm not I don't know. Yeah. And oh, yeah, she was okay. like, I don't know, but Dana always has wild things in his head that he would like to see. And I just fight. So it sounds like they've kind of talked to her about either fighting Amanda or fighting um, uh, Zhang, something like that. What's funny though is, did you guys see the countdown show? Mm-mm. So they showed Saturday. like a they showed like Amanda winning, and like they showed uh, Valentina watching it, and she was just like, "Oh, who cares? Nobody cares about her pass. Like, not interested." Oh, so it's like so they're almost kind of already trying to build it up. So. It'll be interesting. 
Um, we got I, another I, super chat here to just, knock this one out. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, Bears Bound. Um, that's Brandon. That's another Brandon. Um, what's the most personal thing you guys talked to with a wrestler, MMA fighter about when you met them? For example, did you have a heart to heart? Has anybody had a heart to heart or anything like that? No, not that I can think of. I mean, I've had some cool interactions, but not really a heart to heart. Who's who's like the longest wrestler you've talked to? Like uh, the longest conversation? Jerry Lynn. Yeah, when we went I've to, to um, when we went to WrestleMania in Phoenix. We stayed in the same hotel that the Ring of Honor guys were at, and we were going. Um, I think we were going downstairs and uh, not Gabe Sapolsky, who was the owner at the time. Um, I can't think of his Carrie. name. Whoever, yes, Kerry Silken. He was going up. We were coming off the elevator and he was going up and he saw that we were wrestling fans. He's like, oh, just follow me. He brings us by the pool and uh, Tyler Black's out there and he introduces to us, introduced him to us and we talked to him for maybe like 10, 15 minutes and then Jerry Lynn comes over and literally like got like an hour and a half. He was just there just talking didn't really awesome. seem like he he had any type of issue at all. He was he really it felt like he really enjoyed our company, which was cool. Yeah, that's sweet. It's awesome. I did. Didn't you also end up sitting next to Tyler Black on an airplane? He was in. Uh, yep. So he was behind me, pretty much throughout the whole thing, like baggage claim and and like checking in and whatnot. And then he sat next to me, like the same row in the uh, the airplane. This guy that's on the super chat, he saw Seth at the Bears game. Well, like Seth posted a picture of him at the Bears game at Twitter on Twitter. And I was like, dude, I, you know, he asked me, I think he's like, does he think that's Seth here or whatever? And I was like, yeah, that's Seth. And so then he went down there and he found him and he got a nice. picture with Seth at the Bears game. Nice. So, um, I mean, I've had a couple actually. I, when we went to the old ECW shows, uh, the, the one that's in WWE, like when they first started, they did like this house show run or whatever. And uh, the big show came out of his bus and he talked to us for like an hour, like straight up. Just talked to us for like an hour. Um, He was cool. Uh, I have a pretty good relationship with Tito. Every time I've seen Tito, like I give Tito a big hug. Like we're very cool. Um, I talked to Ken Shamrock for a pretty good amount at StarCast because he was just chilling. They – I made like this edit of him and his like manager wanted my card to see like what I like. He's like, how much do you charge and all this stuff? I was like, dude, this, this is a hobby of mine. Like I'm not, oh, man. Okay, you know, you missed it. Um, <laughs> and then they like show Ken and Ken's like, oh yeah, that's amazing. He signs it. But I told him flat out, like, I know how important you are to MMA. I know that you and Tito really set this thing off. Otherwise this would have never happened, especially you and Gracie, the whole nine. And so like, uh, I had a really good moment with him and there's like a couple of pictures of me and him and like there's some that I'm making him laugh. And so like, that was a pretty dope moment. Um, me and me and Steven have talked my absolute worst interaction ever is MJF. It's the most disaster. <laughs> you ever, no, you you want a horrible experience. Well, you really if you really want to question uh, your fandom for MJF, then try to go through that and see if you still like the guy in any way, shape or form. But um yeah, those are the two I can think of. Uh, I remember I told Christian Cage, like, I was really happy that TNA treated him like the main eventer that he really is, and he appreciated that. I know that, like, Bill 
ran into Benoit like by the elevators and he flat out just told him like how much that like he meant to him and all this stuff. And I, he told me that like, he almost got teary eyed. Like he was really touched by what Bill told him. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely, if you catch them on the right time and you actually get a chance to really talk to them, like you can definitely have some really meaningful interactions. And then of course there's the ones where it's just like, hurry up, get your picture taken, sign next. You know, it just depends on who it is. Yeah, I have a pretty funny. Yeah, I've got a pretty funny one. Like, I just started my podcast, so I was probably like, I was probably like five episodes in, maybe, and I hadn't like really interviewed people before, and I just like figured it out and yada yada. And I got an interview with Scotty Riggs, if you remember him from WCW, you know, American Males and Eldale Ravens Flock, and like we start talking, and I kid you not, like we are the interview is like three three to four hours long i mean like he, he went from like the beginning of his life to you know current day um and i didn't expect it's like that. an rf video shoot yeah <laughs> and, and, and once again i'm like this is like the first like interview i've done like the rest of the podcast up to that point is just me like talking into a you know a microphone like about wrestling now it's like i'm interviewing someone i'm thinking it's gonna be like 15 minutes long and it wound up being like yeah like three hours or something like that but he was a really good dude and me and him still are in the same uh, group uh, Twitter chain where every UFC show we do predictions like me, him, and there's like, it's like a random group of people, but he's the one who always starts the, the cool. group chat. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I've, stayed, I've stayed in touch with him uh, over the years because of that. So, And then he actually sent me a couple signed 8x10s also not too long ago to put up in my office because I told him I collect stuff and he nice. just emailed me some stuff so I was, or uh, mailed me some stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, I I just recently had one last year. Uh, I was going to meet um, I was going to meet Leo Rush, and he was with the WWE at the time, and he just no showed. I don't know why. I mean, it could have been the WWE's fault or whatever, but he wasn't there. So um, I had to do like an exchange, and there was nobody that was even remotely in that price range. So I basically just used him as a discount, and like Randy Orton was like. I don't know, like a hundred bucks and like Roman Reigns was like 150. And I went up there and I gave them my exchange and I said I wanted Randy Orton. When I paid for it, they gave me Roman. And I I told them, like I looked at it and then I just was honest with them and I was like, Yeah, I, I paid for Randy. You gave me Roman. And then they, so they gave me Randy Orton. And now I think to myself, like, should I have done Roman? Should I just kept it? And because I met Randy. And Randy, luckily, I've I met Randy like when Randy's like damn near in his forties almost, so like he's much more mature and not a dick. So like Randy was pretty cool, um, but man, I, I did have the opportunity to meet Roman and I passed. So that kind of bums me out, but it's all good. Did you ever meet Randy, Brandon? I know you were a big RKO fan. No, no, no. no. I'm no? I'm more of like if I run into them, then I'll be cool with that. Like, but. Just to sit there, like access and stuff, and people who pay like a buck fifty, two hundred bucks to meet someone, I just, I, I, I could never do that. I always told myself if I had a chance to go to like a signing with like Kobe or something like that, I would probably drop like four or five hundred bucks just to do something like that. Obviously, it's yeah. not gonna happen now. Um, right. But yeah, all the other guys, I just was just like rather chance that like if I just see them somewhere, like I know some of the guys that I hung out with, they 
got like crazy like flight intel and would like go to the airports and everything. I'm not that crazy on there at all. No. But if I were to see someone like when I got to New Orleans for WrestleMania 30, we got in late uh, Wednesday night and that baggage claim, Mick Foley was right there, him and his daughter. And I was like, man, I would love to meet him. And no one was really there. And like literally like two minutes later, people just started flooding. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, let me I know it's alone. the worst to start. Be right. the one to start. The, all yeah, that especially it was attention. late. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm just not going to worry about it. It was cool to see him in person. But you know, I kid you not, like double or nothing, man. I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, it. I like, know what you're going to say. <laughs> one side Jericho right on the other side. Here comes Tito and Amber Nicole walking right by me. So, like, my buddy's like, dude, there's Jericho. And I'm like, yeah, dude, there's Tito. Like, boom, boom, right? Tito immediately goes into, like, some club or something. I don't know. Um, but, like, it looked like maybe they had dinner reservations because it was, like, a private place or whatever. And then Jericho's just chilling with his kids. Like, he's just got his arm around his kids just chilling. And then there's, like, autograph hound people, like, just, like, maybe three or four of them. And they're just running. You can literally see them. They're out of breath. They have their hands full of crap. And they're just running. And none of them noticed Jericho, which I'm like, wow. So um, before that, what's funny is Sheeta was looking for the gift shop. So we saw Sheeta and all the Yoshi girls. They're like all together. Had no clue who any of them were, except we saw them like on the program. Like that was it. And uh, Sheeta, we ended up walking her to the gift shop because she wanted to know where it was. And we didn't really know how to explain it to her because she doesn't speak the best English. So we were just like, we'll just walk you there. So we walked her to the gift shop and she ended up taking pictures with us, but we didn't ask for any of the other Yoshi girls and they were all there. We could have got them all. Um, and then uh, while we're walking back, here comes Trent and Orange Cassidy. They walk right by us. Like it was wild. Like the environment was crazy over there. Um, but honestly, for me, I've just gotten to the point to like, I don't know. It's stupid, but this is the kind of way I view it is like when I look back, on all those pictures of all those wrestlers that I've met and fighters and stuff, it just makes me feel like like I had a like a fuller life or something. Like it was, no. it just brings back those experiences. Right. So like even I could show my kids or whatever. Like yeah, your dad did meet Hulk Hogan and Mike Tyson and Dak and you know what I mean, like all sorts of people. So um, and what's crazy now is Fitterman who has contracts with the Undertaker and Ric Flair. And he brought Moxley over here and all this stuff. He con- he brought Floyd Mayweather over here for crying out loud. He's got a show coming up in August, and it's going to have Mike Tyson and the Outsiders. And But like that's where I met Lawrence Taylor and Dennis Rodman and all that stuff. So like when it's in your own backyard now and they're like an hour away and you can meet some serious big names, it's really tempting. So, um, yeah, I definitely capitalize on meeting a lot of people. So that was a good good question that got a lot of conversation out of us. And we got one more super chat here. Buy rate rate predictions for Saturday, in my opinion, anything close to 1.2 million buys that their first fight did has to be considered a huge success. I mean, I agree. And I kind of have a theory on this. Yes, I feel like people bought that stupid Jake Paul fight, right? But it also... I feel like people didn't feel like they got a fight. And so they know that this fight is going to be legit fights, a lot of them. And I feel like that all those people that watch that Jake Paul fight are going to be very tempted to get this because they know that this is the real fights. This is where you're going to see a ton of action, plus the whole returning of crowds and the whole thing. I think it's going to be a big deal. 
Yeah, I mean, I literally agree with all of that. Um, big, big show with the crowd. I mean, three, three title fights. You got the crowd coming back. Um, and then, like you said, people, I don't know what, I mean, obviously we'll probably get into a little bit. I don't know what you oh, were thinking uh, when you ordered the Jake Paul oh. fight. I mean, you should have known. And even then, like the presser, like, like Triller, they let it be known what they're trying to do. Like it's, oh, it's a combination it's known of, now. of everything. Yeah. And listen, I if know. I could we, sum up, if I could sum up Triller, this is how I would sum it up. It is a combination of boxing meets the MTV music video awards meets Joey Janela's Spring Break. That is what Triller is. It is just a cluster F of craziness. You know, it's one thing to have just boxing, celebrity boxing, right? Okay, then you mix that in with concerts. But when did we mix in slap boxing in a cage hosted by Ric Flair? Like, what in the world is going on? And then every single one of those commentators was blazed, and Oscar was so destroyed, <laughs> so destroyed. You that they saying. kept trying to tell Al Bernstein that he has a contact high because they're trying to defend Oscar's behavior. They're you like, Al, saying. you got a contact high there? Everyone's smoking weed in here, right, Al? Like that was like, that oh, was I like I understand the the crowd that they're going for, like the demographic, but it was yeah. so cringe when like oh. when they brought that up, like like people who like smoke, they don't need to be like reminded a thousand times. Like whoever the main commentator was, like I'm so I heard cool. you got a blunt with you, but I'm like, <laughs> no, no one cares. Like that's so corny. That's like middle school stuff. Well, it's funny too because they're they're in they're they're in Georgia where weed's illegal, doing all this on camera too, and like yeah. just just doesn't matter. Right? And then Jake Paul comes out with his robot. I mean, it's just <laughs> the level of crazy. Play the balloons, baby. Oh my god! And then like. Pete Davidson's going there interviewing people and like that was funny. He, I, I, that, he literally is giving Jake Paul like a hug and showing him love. And then like he goes into Ben Askren's room. He's like, everybody hates Jake Paul. Like, we're all wanting you to win, just to let you know. Like he's a douchebag. And then it's like, what? Like Askren oh. seemed like he was like legitimately like embarrassed by some of that stuff. Yeah. Like he was sending those tweets out. Like man, like he apologized right. to the wrestling uh, families that are watching his stuff right now. He's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was going to be this crazy. And then Oscar De La Hoya is just like USSR. Deflate the balloons, baby. USSR. Like he was so loaded. Oh, it just oh makes that God. that clip of Dana where he says cocaine oh. is expensive. Like yeah, <laughs> there you go, Oscar. <laughs> Well, then they're promoting him fighting. Like, yeah. what are you doing? This is a disaster. They're asking about what opponent he's going to have next, and people are like, "Is it going to be Chuck Liddell?" And everyone's like, "Oh my god! Like, this is a, this is a disaster, complete disaster." <laughs> like, Mario Lopez is up there, like trying to keep it together. Like, he was trying, trying to have some sort yeah. of integrity. <laughs> and then Al Bernstein's just kind of like, "I have no idea how I got involved in this. This is insane." Started off with Urkel. Yeah, that was great. That was a great. That was a great. Yeah. And then like the concerts were so all over the place. Like you literally have the flashback to the '90s, and then you have like Bieber and like man, like, there was 
there was a solid two hours between the first fight on pay-per-view to the second fight on pay-per-view also. Like, of right. just performances. And, and and another thing they said was is the, the ultimate fight night between Whitaker and um, Gaslam had a good rating. And I know why. Because people were watching that crap and they were like, dude, let's watch fights. Like, I'm not watching this garbage all night. So, like, man, I, I, I don't know. It, it was terrible. But... Um, it did 1.5, man. Oh, it's huge. That's what, I, <laughs> what, what can you say? What can you say? It's not going anywhere. No. And who's next? No. Like, I don't want to see Woodley fight him. Like, But they haven't cut Woodley yet, have they? Correct? No, and I don't think they technically cut Askren either. I think he needed the UFC No, they didn't. But, but Dana seems absolutely done with sending UFC fighters down there. Like, oh, he, okay. he doesn't want to help these guys out at all. So I, I don't I don't think that they're going to get anybody that actually is under contract. I mean, yeah, I don't know who it'll be next. I mean, hopefully it's someone. Golly. Yeah, one forty five. I know for real. It really but, but, is. I mean, I knew I knew like you can just tell the buzz, and there was a ton of buzz for this thing. There was an absolute amount, a huge amount of buzz, and like, I mean, Askren hit him right off the bat, and I was like, oh okay, like let's go, you know, and then. I'm I'm watching it on a on a on the computer and like all of a sudden it just goes away and usually when that happens is when the whole thing like breaks because something big happened and I start checking Twitter and it's just like Astrid gets knocked out Astrid gets knocked out Astrid gets knocked out and I'm just like oh god are you serious and I mean I don't think it was a work. I think he no, got someone caught just clean. said it. Yeah, I don't think it was either. No, I don't think it was a work. He got hit with a huge shot. He went down, and I mean, look at the end of the day, we don't know how good Jake Paul is. Like Jake Paul might be good just because he's a douchebag doesn't mean he can't fight. I mean, well, he's, he's an athletic kid. kid. Yeah, he's, he's got. His, uh, he's, he's in his prime. He, like, he's training with. He's training with a lot of good people. Like he, you know, I I don't know. I don't he, he could be absolutely terrible too. We don't know. Like if if I told you to name the top 5 or 500 strikers in MMA, Ben Askren wouldn't be on that list. Like he's not known for striking in any way. So, you know, whatever. Like that it was it was a mess. Yeah. I mean, I think Jake Paul like the thing that people discredit is he's been doing nothing but train boxing for like 3 years. You know what I mean? Like he's not like he's known for YouTube and all that stuff, but that's just like a like a very small part of like his day. Most of the time, he's just training boxing, and they immediately started speculating and somewhat promoting Logan and Lloyd like immediately again after that. Like I saw stuff today about how that's getting rebooked now, and like I'm surprised Triller didn't get that one. Yeah, it's like Showtime, isn't it? Yeah. So um, an exhibition fight on Showtime pay per view. Has boxing not just completely sold its soul? Like, and this is what happens, right? This is what happens when boxers have refused to fight the best fighters in the world, when their sport has absolutely no buzz or interest. These young punks can come in and take over your sport because they would rather watch you fight a nobody than see a champion fight a nobody. And that's what we've been getting at boxing for the longest time. So, you made your bed, now you can lie in it. And this can only last for so long. Like, I, 
I always think there will be room for celebrity boxing just because, like, people want to know if celebrities can fight. People want to know, especially if there's beef or anything like that. Like, I mean, just could you imagine, like, back in the day if there was, like, you know, rapper beef and they actually sold the pay-per-view on boxing or something? It would have been huge. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's no end in sight for this thing. But – I mean, they're being really selective on who they're having these guys fight and all this stuff. Like, to me, Dylan Dennis is an absolute perfect opportunity for for someone like Jake Paul because he's not known for his striking and he has a big mouth and all that stuff. But, like, I don't know how many more guys you can pick. Like, please CM Punk don't do it. You know what I mean? Yes. He would get embarrassed. Oh. Well, the Danis thing, I don't know if people would buy into that so much because that's basically the same thing as the Ben Askren fight. It's a one-dimensional MMA fighter that has no stand-up skills. So, yeah, and, then, and then like this, right? So Holyfield is fighting on June 5th, right? And he's fighting Kevin McBride, who retired, Mike, who retired Mike Tyson back in like I, – I don't know direct dates here, but like back in like 03, 05. McBride? Yes. Yeah. That's, it was, who he's, yeah. that's who he's fighting. And McBride did absolutely nothing after that. And so like the the guy probably hasn't fought in ten years. And you're you're wanting me to pay for pay per view to see two old guys like that box? I don't give a crap. Like and but then they have Lopez or whatever who just uh beat the one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world and they paid for they outpaid top rank because these guys have a ton of money. So that's what's happening is they're they're mixing their legit fights with straight garbage. And then how about the one guy that took the body shot that was literally like oh dead. The, barely the body shot that barely hit him that he pretended was a low blow and got stretchered out of the ring. Yeah. I mean, literally, Lomachenko, thank you. The guy beat Lomachenko, and now he's he. This is his first fight back since beating Lomachenko, and it's going to be on freaking Triller. And they're promoting their fight while all the other commentators are smoking weed and stuff. Like, is there are they going to fail their test? Like, this is nonsense. Like, had a cool aesthetic. Like, like you know, like imagine the NBA, right? Like, they don't really test for this stuff. You don't get punished. And, like, imagine if they just openly did it after the game, just started blazing it up on NBA, TNT, and all that stuff. Like, what the perception would be. That's what those guys were doing. Like, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. I have mean, some class. Yeah. It's, I mean, the whole thing was, the whole thing was strange. Like, I honestly wouldn't have too much of a problem seeing them smoking weed after a game, to be completely honest. But, like, the commentators doing it during the show, like, while they're working is kind of, that's what's like in the middle of the fight. It wasn't even like yeah. they were waiting around. They were like in the middle of the round. Yeah. Just this isn't a celebration that it's over. It's just like pass it while we're on the <laughs> second fight. Snoop, yeah. I heard you had a blunt. Yeah. yeah, come on, man. Yeah, it's so unnatural, like you're saying, Brandon. Like people just don't, don't like don't even talk like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. bad. Is really trying to show it off. When it was all about Snoop Dogg too, like he was like they were trying to get him more over than everybody else on the show. Like he was in everything. Well, and don't you think too? Like part of this is really it was the experiment, but the next time it might not be as successful. Depends on who Jay Paul's opponent is. One hundred percent. That and, and to me, it has to be somebody that people think that Jake Paul could lose to because they hate him. 
and they're willing to pay to see him lose. That's a big part of it. So if he's fighting some tomato can garbage, I just don't see it. Honestly, do him an Oscar. Like, forget about Oscar versus Eddie Alvarez. Like, that. that's nonsense. But I, I could see them doing – it would be another BS fight, but I could see the one more if they did Jake Paul versus KSI because KSI and Logan have their thing, and KSI yeah. has, you know, a massive following just like Jake Paul does. So that would be big in the whole – in those same – that same demographic would be very into that, but then outside of that, that, there's no, there's no, but there's no one else like you're saying. Outside of that, I don't. It has to be like I think Woodley would be an interesting one because I think Jake Paul actually might do like Woodley has a compromised chin for sure. So yep. you know, you know, imagine Woodley losing. <laughs> Listen, if Woodley, if Woodley loses, like just turn it all in. It's over. It's over. But man. but honestly, if Woodley beats him, like Redemption City. Right, like yeah. people will think he is the man, no matter how many times he lost in a row or all the craziness that he pulled with the UFC. Doesn't matter, like the man or the rapping or the getting his wiener chopped Stuff off chopped by a raccoon off in a movie. movie. Like yeah. it does not matter. It does yeah. not matter. He or the I beat your ass uh, single that he dropped. Whatever it oh, all after of it's he gone. Lost the title. Yeah, all of it's gone. Right, <laughs> <laughs> the day after he lost the title. Yeah, uh, yeah, all of it's gone if he can beat Jake Paul. I would say his best chance of beating Jake Paul is probably just to rap at him in the ring. And just Jake's like, oh, no, it's <laughs> terrible. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I bet Jake Paul has the worst rap song waiting Oh, it's for bad. Him, it, it's, they're, they're all, their whole thing is plugging merchandise. Yeah. <sighs> Buy my merch. Buy my yeah. merch. You know, so anyways, Triller, Trainwreck. Uh, I'm glad that 1.5 million people decided to watch that garbage. I hope <laughs> that they decide not to do it again. And no, honestly, I, I really don't see any of them drawing except Tyson and Paul. So if, if Mike Tyson isn't fighting or Jake Paul isn't fighting, I don't think it'll do that well. So that that's my opinion. Yeah. We stopped in the middle. I don't know if you wanted to even finish out those last two fights on sure. um, 261. Yeah, we have a... Uh, how do you feel about uh, uh, <laughs> who uh, Smith is fighting? Smith is fighting. I don't, I don't know that guy. I don't know he's that guy. Fight. I'm asking Steven. Yeah, he's dangerous. Yeah. He's yeah, going to win? Uh, I mean, I so I did predictions on my podcast on Monday, and I took Anthony Smith as my pick basically because of like the level of competition that Smith has been fighting. Um, and like he had a really good performance in his last one, like that last second uh main event that he had. I can't remember his opponent's name, but uh, Anthony Smith looked really good in his last one there. But Cruz's dangerous, dude. He he might... I mean, he he very well could knock out Anthony Smith, I think. I think it's definitely possible. And just for y'all know, those super chats that we were just answering, if you keep sending those in, we'll answer every single question you got. We'll read out any comments you got. All of this goes on my Fight Talk podcast audio feed. It'll go up tomorrow, so all the audio listeners will hear all your stuff as well. And the like buttons. That yeah, so make sure you hit the like button for sure. Yeah, that yep. worked out big time last week. So we're at 13 mm-hmm. likes right now. If we can, it's it's totally free. It takes half a second. And y'all don't understand how much it helps to get those likes on these videos. Um, last week, I think we got over 50, and like that was yep. really, really good to see. So um, please do that. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. But uh, but yeah, that's the, but yeah, I, I, it, Brandon, you're saying you hadn't seen Jimmy Crude fight, so it's no. hard to 
hard to gauge that. Or I may have seen him like on an undercard, and you know, right, there's always those people like, oh man, I actually did see that person fight. If you look at their yeah. fight card and whatnot, but right, yeah, yeah, I'm not too familiar familiar with them right now. What's the other fight? The other fight is Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman, which oh, is yeah, that, a couple fight, of times. that that is a that is a weird fight. That's the one you go really like they're fighting. They, they're both mentally one of those that like either they show up or they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just don't know. I I saw an interview with Wyman where he said that he believes he's going to be champion again. In like four this, this, we need to have the um, Joe Rogan Brandon Schwab conversation with with him. Like it's over. Like I understand you beat Anderson Silva. You completely overachieved. You beat him twice. You beat Vitor. You beat Leota, but like this thing is a wrap. It's a well, it's he, been a wrap. Hey, to be fair though, he bought he beat out Medov in his last fight in that in that uh, Lewis and Olenek card. Yeah, um, which, I'm like, not a believer. I mean, I stylistically he could do well against Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall is Agreed. so hotter call hotter call. Agreed. And I mean, but I'm but I'm with you. Like I don't think Chris Weidman is going to be the the champion of the world again. But like that's my biggest thing is like it's not that I don't think he could win this fight, but him talking about becoming a champion again is just uh, stop it. It's over. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. Who who you guys got? I'll take Weidman. I'm taking Weidman also. I I think the I'll only take, way Hall wins, Hall. I think Hall Hall could win on a you know. Like how he beat Musasi, dude threw a, a body kick and yep. the, just the timing was perfect, right to the head, Gosh, lights out. Um, and I'm the same thing has Hall, happened. To I Weidman. feel like I feel like come like second second round, third round, Weidman is going to be completely gassed and beat up, and he's going to get caught. Yeah, That's I, we've opinion. also we've seen Weidman like when Weidman fought Yoel, you know, like I could see something like that kind of ducking into something like that, and just that was nasty when you all need him. Um, for sure, for sure. I don't know if there was what was on the. Let me see what was on the prelims. If there was anything worth Cowboy Oliveira and Randy Brown, like that would be all right. I mean, probably be That'd a good be fight, a decent but, fight. Randy um, Brown should win that fight, but we'll see. I've got I've got Brown as well. Outside of that, there's really not a whole. Carl uh, Robertson and Brennan Allen could be good. Um. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of name value on the undercard. But like the, I mean the the main card is stacked. I, I think that they, and they'll definitely surpass a million pay per view buys on this one. I, I'd be interested to see how close it is to like between one and a half and two, mm-hmm. like with a with a card this stacked on paper. Um, what about uh, and and like I said, I think too this is just a historic card that people are going to be talking about. Just the fact that. This thing is going to be completely sold out. It's the first time we've had an indoor arena completely packed since the pandemic. So I just think that there's going to be a lot of buzz for that too. And then I was listening, or I read the transcript on uh, the WWE's um, call uh, to the shareholders or whatever. And uh, sounds like July. It sounds like July is when things are really going to start kicking off. That's when MLW is supposed to have fans. That's when Jr. said that AEW is going to start touring again. It's so it summer. sounds like sounds like once we get to July, that's that's when stuff's going to start to go down. I know AEW for sure. They want to get in buildings because you just can't have another situation like last summer, especially like the pay per views and whatnot when they're outdoors in Jacksonville and just wears them down. So, yep, yeah, they might can go agree. to like May, early June or something like that. But even then, they might want to start going to a building, and even if they have to run like. 
an indoor building somewhere for like like a couple weeks or something like that at a time, just to get well, like out of even that. in Jacksonville, like where they're having the UFC, just right. roll, run up there, do right. it. Like, I, I mean, it's all about what people are comfortable with, but I think there's enough AEW fans that are willing to pay money to be to see the show in an indoor arena at this point. I do. Right. So. I have to go back and look at the transcript to see everything that was said. I read some of it, but see what was said. That was the thing call. that really stuck out stuck out to me. Um, they basically I really like that also guy. the guy that running, running the show now. I like him a lot, man. So I don't know a ton about him, but I do know that um, Clay Travis on Outkick is his for- that was his former agent, right? And so when he went to WWE, he really put him over, and um, did the same thing as well, right? Which I think they all were because he was. I think he basically had the Fox Sports guys. Is yeah. basically kind of what he had. And it seems like he really has his stuff together. And Vince seemed extremely excited about the people that are running the show. They're so smart, man. he's got some smart people around. And honestly, yeah, I, w- I mean, I would re- I would recommend to listen to his episode is um, the Colin Cowherd podcast. I think uh, with Nick Khan, he's just super smart guy. Just not like with really? wrestling, just like the business and like where like the outlook is going to be five or ten years as far as like streaming services and. Yep. He 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 really seems like he knows what he's talking about. Like I said, well, they I, were talking about like how much live events now are worth to streaming companies, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how Amazon was getting involved with the NFL and how that's good. So it sounds like that they're willing to pitch a lot of live events for WWE content to streaming services, right. and not just Peacock, like. Peacock gets the content and maybe like this live event, but right. this this company can get that's, this live that's event. That's exactly what he was talking about in the podcast. He said he was dealing with uh, Manny Pacquiao, where Manny signed like a contract to fight with some company. And then like the next day he signed for like his fight after that with a, a, a whole different company. And he was like, Manny, you can't do that. Like, you, you can't get with two different companies. And Manny was like, what do you mean? Why can't I do that? And that's when he realized, like, there's not really rules to this. Like, there's no yeah. point to just say, like, we have to stay with NBC Universal or USA. Like, why can't we go to Fox and give them pr- programming or go to, like, an Amazon? So, like I said, right. I, I, he's a super smart guy. I, As far as much as I don't care for the product, I really enjoy what he's bringing to the table for sure. So, So that's the thing, too, for me is it's like – how much are they going to get away with just manufacturing and making it pretty and dance and, and like sprucing it up, but not really delivering in the ring and storylines, but like able people still to, watching. That's what I'm saying. And they're able to build a brand. Like just think of how much, how big time Sasha and Bianca felt. If they can find moments like that, where not necessarily the matches have to be these five-star matches, but they can find stuff like that. I think that they can really capitalize on a lot of things like that. And did you see what Stephanie said? Like, now, then, forever, and together is their new saying? Like, oh, my God. Stephanie also said they're trying to get Serena Williams to join the WWE. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. And she wants Cardi B as well, so have have fun. fun. Why don't you have that match? Serena and Cardi B. Perfect. But yeah, so it'll be interesting. But this is the thing. I think Tony Khan's smart too. And oh, super. I really I really think HBO Max is in play for AEW. I really do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that it's with Time Warner, they're gonna want something live. if you if you could promote AEW pay per view 
like to be on HBO Max instead of Bleacher Report, like I, I think it might work. I, I don't know if they're there yet, but eventually, I think that 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 might work. Do you? Yeah. I mean, do you be like? I mean, are, is it like? Would you do it for like you pay like the fifteen bucks a subscription and you get it, or do you pay kind of like a Disney extra. where you pay like the premium, like you'll pay fifteen bucks and then maybe like an extra ten or so to get the pay per view. You know? I would do extra just yeah. so I can know exactly how many people are actually paying for it because of that. You know right. what I mean? So, and it's not a bad deal right now because you're getting like Mortal Kombat tomorrow and then you could get the pay-per-view for 10 more dollars on top of it. Like that still seems like you're getting your money's worth. No. Right. And that might be something that HBO Max really looks into when they're done with this theater window stuff next year and they start putting stuff on theaters first instead of streaming, which they said they're going to do. That might be something yeah, that they'll look into that. after that. Bob Dawson right. says that they he doesn't think they should go to HBO Max because it's fifteen bucks. So it's not a good idea. It all depends on what HBO Max is willing to pay AEW for those pay per views. So if they're getting the money back, then it doesn't really matter how much money that they're they're it charging also for is, HBO Max. It's in house with TNT, right? Like they're right. all part of the same group. And if they're you like saying, "Hey, do us a solid, do us a favor." We'll give you this. You promote this, you know, and it could also be a way to like just grow your brand. Right. Right. There's 44 million subscribers for HBO Max right now. So you can grow your brand. So it's interesting. What are your thoughts, Steven? Sorry, we're taking over. I know. I mean, you've covered it all. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so, you know, dude paid for it. So I got to, we got to answer this question. Um, Eduardo Alonso, big fan off topic thoughts on the EDP situation. So bad. I, I think this is hilarious in a sense, just because like people are shocked by this. Like, dude, yeah. this guy has been a trash human being for the longest time. He's pulled look down at, his, look at his username. That's what I'm saying. He's pulled down his pants on his sh- on his show. He's literally promoted like the worst things you could possibly imagine. There's no way that anyone would actually employ him as a, as to have a job or anything like that. The guy has been perverted to no end. He doesn't have a lot of options and he's willing to literally do whatever to please himself. And people are shocked by this. Like this is nothing shocking to me at all. Whatever happens to him happens to him. I love the fact that he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. It represents everything that I can't stand about Philadelphia Eagles fans. And he's like the poster boy of Philadelphia Eagles fans. So that's perfect. Um, But yeah, like at the end of the day, whatever happens to him happens to him. I don't know if you know about it at all, Stephen, but no, I just looked it up, but I've I've seen, I'm seeing what he's, being uh, what he is allegedly he was hitting on a 13 year old girl like through messages and things like that and they agreed to meet up he told all this girl all the stuff that he wanted to do to her he was told to meet up and he was met up by two dudes that were ready to turn him into the police and they caught it on camera and he was crying and freaking out and um, and then like people are running stories about how he possibly has committed suicide how he's been arrested all these things like I don't know. I don't care enough about it, to be honest with you. It is what it is. This totally fits who I thought he was, though. So I'm not surprised by this in the least. Yeah, I don't know anything about the guy, but I mean, if the if, if that stuff's true, then obviously he needs to. Was and he like, like a really big YouTuber some, or something? Is he's, that he's huge? Yeah. I mean, 
and I saw someone that's like, I don't care what he's done. He's my childhood. Like I'm not letting. <laughs> oh him yeah, go. you can't he's be saying my that. Hero that's, yeah, all this stuff, cool. and it's like, yeah, that's like, bro. Like, sir, sometimes you gotta let things go. Like I'm okay with the WWE not saying the name Chris Benoit. Like, yeah, I was a Benoit fan. I totally get it. Like, I am not gonna support that guy ever anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you can you, you can really change your around. mind. You can't really walk around with a Benoit t-shirt nowadays. It's probably not the best idea. Yeah. Although, dude, it's so weird. Like, I saw his son just eating by himself at Double or Nothing at the cafe, like, it, it down at, like, the, the lobby. And I just – he looks so much like him. I had no idea that it was actually his son, but I knew it was his son because I saw him, and I'm like, that's, that's Benoit's son. Like, he, it, right. it looks like Benoit, like, clear as day. So it was weird. Yeah, right, I feel really, really more, bad for him. Yeah, it's tough. One more super chat before we jump into AEW. Um, who would win between Prime Kane and Stipe from Dirty Cleggy? Again, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Just uh, a hastily decision. I would probably say Kane. I say I Kane like, too. I just felt like his ceiling. If it wasn't for like the injuries and whatnot, his ceiling was so high as a fighter. Like I, I would, I would definitely pick him. Not saying that he would like destroy Stipe or anything oh, at all, but I just felt like. By Kane the way, was if like, that's true, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, I saw that. Is that who is that sent true? Mickey James? Is that the, the one that sent Mickey James the trash? That I don't know. I saw that. that, as that well, that's which, why he would have to get fired. That's the only, and that seems like something he would do. Right? Did you see Hunter's uh, post and then Pump's yes, reply to and it? I saw Stephanie's as well. Like they're oh, she said something. Let me see. Yes. She apologized to Mickey too. Like this is unacceptable. Well, apparently, multiple like ex WWE wrestlers came out and were like, "Yeah, some more things happened to me." Like they basically did that to me also when I like when I got let go. It's like, yeah, it's pretty wild. Jeff, is this legit? Like this isn't just a rumor. This is true. I think Sean Rossat posted it. Oh, oh okay. Well, that's legit then. Thank God, that guy is WWE such a weasel. Indicate Mark Carano is out of WWE. Let me go that ahead and retweet that. Guy that. Is such a weasel. Like, I don't know if you've ever, Brandon, did you ever watch Total Divas? I watched probably like a season. I watched more of the Bellas show. Yeah. Than I did yeah. Total Divas. Yeah. Did you watch the one where it was like. Where I saw him a like, couple times on there, though. Oh, he's the biggest weasel. Like, right. he just disgusted me. He's the biggest heel in the business when it, when it comes to that show. Like, that's why I had no idea who he was until I started watching Total Divas, and I can't stand that guy. He reminds uh, me of, like, those little 80s villains that's, like, the sidekick to the big muscle guy. Like, that's that's him. He's just like, well, Vince told me to tell you guys. You know, like – Creative has nothing for you right now. Like, just a little obnoxious turd. So, the fact that he's gone, fantastic. I'm, I'm reading the whole story right now. You guys I'm not like, posted it also. A, a, a trash bag? Like, you couldn't... Like, it would have been better if you just sent the box and just had the stuff in the box. By what itself. I love, like, too, is they made sure they put Mickey's name on a sticky right. note, too. Yeah. So, like, make sure she gets the right trash bag. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely, that's what it is, the trash bag. That's fantastic. Good news. Yeah, I don't want to read this whole thing. I want people to describe the playful select for the whole thing. I don't want to get in trouble for, like, just reading this. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the gist of it. Wow. Yep, that's awesome. That's a big name. He's been there for a long time. What what was his, uh, what was his title? 
I he he was damn near like what Johnny Ace was almost like that's kind of what he was doing. Yeah. Mm. So, see ya. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. Wow. I, I think he was definitely the one that sent the trash bag. You don't don't fire Mark Carano. Oh, no, that's what I just said. Yeah, that is that is what they're that's what Feifel's reporting is that that is why he got let go. Is the he was blamed for the trash bag thing? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, trash bag got Mark Carano. Couldn't happen to a better person. All right, guys. So let's talk about Dynamite. Um, I thought it was a good show and. I have no idea what the WWE was thinking by releasing Tay Conti. I mean, she has been extremely impressive, in my opinion. I just feel, you know, I used to say the same thing, and you have your 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 doubts about the performance center and like what exactly are they doing there, especially when you see someone like her and she's able to go to QT's gym and get really good, but. Sometimes you just need to change atmosphere. You just have to have yeah. like different teachers and whatnot. And like for her, I feel like that's probably something that's, you know, for some people like the performance center is going to work and some people it's not. And with her, like I said, she just needed a, a different change. Maybe some new teachers, a different atmosphere, but it's, it's definitely working out for her. And she's like, God, the last couple of months just been super impressive. And I, I've really enjoyed that match. I mean, do you think that that was like the best female match they've ever had? Like besides Thunder Rosa and Britt, if you're gonna, but like straight up bell for bell wrestling match, like I don't think there's been a better match than that. I would have to think for sure. Um, like there's probably Rio and Nyla Rose. I thought have had some good ones, but um, and I thought that Sheeta and Britt Baker had a good one in uh, back right with during the pandemic where Sheeta broke Britt's nose. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a pretty good one, but like I think I think that was like the best female match they've ever had. It was really good. And the fans were definitely behind Conti, like online and stuff. You just see yes. people on Twitter, just ton of – and whenever Anna Jay is able to come back, that will be big for both of them, I think. So, yeah, But it will be a while. I think it's Anna Jay is still going to be another, like, six months. But you like, have you have Chris Statlander, and now, you yeah. know, you've got Sheeta, Tay, Chris Statlander, Britt Baker, like Thunder Rosa. Like, they're starting to yeah, – You got some up-and-comers, Red Velvet, Jade – Right, Jade. You still have Riho that's going to be waiting. You know. To me, Jade and Tay are just like they're they're already really good, and they're only going to get better. Like I'm very excited about both of them. So I thought you got to think I, as I well about Jade. I feel like Jade might get picked from like a movie studio or something like that. I was like, hey, you look sure. really good. Let let's For pick sure. you and put you into a movie on there. So it was like Mortal how Kombat long too? Right. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But We're hopefully she's brothers. around enough. We, we run can a see, studio. We can see like her real potential. Yeah, right. no, I agree. And she also seems like one that might be in it for the fame. I'm not saying that that but that's the case, but like, how hard do you really want to put it in in the gym and all this and learn this craft to the extent when you can all of a sudden get catapulted to whatever? So it, but. She's she's an impressive up and comer as well. Red Velvet, yeah, like there's they're starting to get some nice pieces. Slowly but surely, man. They didn't like go crazy and start hot shotting the division just because people were going crazy on Twitter. They spent the time and just let the, let let everything develop, and they're really starting to see the benefits of it, which is nice. I think losing Kylie Ray was huge. I think if they would have kept her, then they would have really been in way better shape. 
she's wrestling again for that warrior wrestling company. Yeah, I know. So we'll see. She should, we'll see she should remain. She should remain a weekend warrior. Honestly, just that's why. Yeah, I yeah. just talked about that on the Twitch channel just earlier tonight. We just had that same conversation. Like you know, because I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like a one-time thing, but it's like it happened in AEW and then also an Impact. So it's like mm-hmm. you kind of like if. It, Nothing wrong with being like the main event all over the place on the indies. Like if you're yeah. happy doing that, you know. Um, just see how it is. I mean, if you want to rest them, just see how it is in a couple of years. Just see how you feel. But at least for right now, just just again become a weekend warrior and just run the indies. And you know, speaking of, I think that there's you know we're talking about the AW women's division. You know, Jordan Grace is going to be a free agent soon from Impact. Kara um, Hogan. Kira Hogan, Trisha Dora is doing really good stuff on the indies right now, and she's not signed anywhere. Um, like there's, like there's some talent out there that I think could be really helpful with AEW. Sh- like Charlotte, Charlotte will be available soon. Like, <laughs> there's way too much drama going on over there. Something is really like the the fact that she was gone for that weird, like she just had to leave right before WrestleMania, <laughs> and then and then Andrade has that issues, and then she's pulled from Mania. And she's pulled for mania. She comes back and she's gone again. Like, come on. Like, what is going on? And then, you know, Dave said it's because she wants to get new teeth. Congratulations. But I, I, I don't know, man. That just seems really weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Because I, I really think Charlotte's like one of the best in the world. For sure. So for sure. Um, she might be. There's just some- no way. There's no way WWE would let her go to AEW. Like, no, no. no way. No, but, too big of a yeah. But I, it's just, it's just weird what's going on with that. Like, and she seems really pissed off lately. So I, I don't know. What did you got, man? By the way, I thought MJS promo was. Oh, I watched it again. Fire. I watched it like, like three it's times today. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Like, I'm like, did, did he just have like his Austin three sixteen promo? Like that thing was ridiculous. Like, right. I, I mean, he didn't stumble. He he just, I mean, just delivered this one punch after another. Just it blew me away. I was yeah. just like, my god, that's probably the best promo in AEW so far. Like ridiculous. I mean, it was way better than what Jericho cut. Like that was oh. that was cringe. <sighs> When he sang and like the crowd wasn't reacting at all and it was bad, like yeah, that terrible. Was bad I was singing. like, I was like, oh god, yeah. Y2J my, is back. My uh, my Y2J jerk off friend is face. so lame. He's got to stop that. Oh. I can't say that nickname. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 oh. That was bad. I hate seeing it. Like Jericho's my all-time favorite. Like I, but like it's really getting into kind of like parody territory now. Like where I'm like, okay, like I've, I've given him the benefit of the doubt. And you know he's better time. than that, so it's not like it's like super, super horrible because you know he can be better than that. But at least right now, it's just ugh. right. He's in blood he's and guts. Like, he's a better heel. At the end of the day, he is he is not the greatest face. He he has always been like the immature fart joke type of trash bag hoe jokes as a baby face. That was like, good though back in the day. You got to admit, like no, that it was, was okay. But yeah. some of his stuff, like I was like. But like when he's a heel, it's just totally different. He is a way better heel than he is a face. Um, and he did have some nice, like 
the the first promo he did that you know everyone's talking about, and I like that Wardlow called him out on messing up because he totally so messed good. up on that promo. And I was like, okay, good. They're they're not to the point to where their egos are so big, like you can't call anybody out on their stuff and all that. Like, good job. So I like that. Like the whole thing was done really well. I think this match has been built really well. One thing I found interesting though was they were talking about Blood and Guts being a one night, one match mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Like, what right. the hell are they gonna do for two hours? Maybe I, like some promos, something to build it up, video packages. Maybe they I will want do the old school, like where guys are like behind a cage, like you know, like 1980s style, just a throwback. Because they already did a throwback for the poster. Right. So like like Zeus Macho Man type promos behind the cage. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, definitely so. I'm excited to see not only the match, to see hopefully they expand the attendance for it, just to get a a bigger crowd in there, maybe like 50% or something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I thought it was being done a little bit too quickly, but they're like, they're building it up really well. And honestly, like you have like the main feud is Jericho and MJF and like the other guys are kind of like the backbones of it. So even like you consider it being, you know, done too quickly, that feud has been going on for, for a pretty long time. So it hasn't been too bad. And again, I've, I've enjoyed the the buildup for sure. And this parlay that's going to be there next week. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that just to see what happens from there. It's great. How what do you, what do you think that that's going to be? Like, how are they going to do that? It's like some brawl. I would, I would assume. Yeah. 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 That's my thing. is so like, I don't know. I just think that they could do something that's not just focused on that match. Like one hour goes to to blood and guts, but the other hour could be something different to promote or whatever. I don't know, but um, maybe they'll figure out like the the order of how everyone's going to show up in the match. I also think Sammy Guevara is going to do something absolutely crazy in that match. I just that, I just don't see there's any way he's going to take that big of a match and not do something that's really going to stand out. Like he right. always takes advantage of his moments. So yeah. I'm excited though. Well and I'm very and it's, 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 it's right I mean. it's so close to double or nothing. So I'm just curious on I what's know. gonna be built up to there. It's it's interesting. But see that's the thing is what's great about this is it's such a big thing. It has nothing to do with the champion. It has nothing to do with what's going on with Moxley and Kingston and the Bucks and all that. So like with Britt and Sheeta, like they've already established a bunch of stuff that isn't relied on this match going into the pay-per-view. And that's crazy because that's like 10 guys mm-hmm. that you're taking away from the roster that that you could still have a pay-per-view if you didn't have any of them on it. Like, that's a pretty deep roster for an up-and-coming deal. What else did you guys think? I thought Ricky Starks looked really uh, off. I didn't think him and Adam Page had a great match. And he, he to me, seemed like a guy was just kind of, like, waiting for his spots. He didn't seem like he had a lot of great chemistry. And I'm worried because, like, a lot of these guys are not wrestling that much. Like, MJF wrestles, like, what, once a month? Right. And, I'm, I'm you know, once things open back up, you know, guys will start to be able to get back into their routine and, and, and get used to wrestling on a – you know, more than just a weekly basis or so, like you said, sometimes people like a monthly basis at this point. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, I didn't think the match was bad. I was definitely thinking it will be a, a little bit better, especially for that opening match that happens on Dynamite. That's always like a 
almost blow away match that happens each week. Um, yeah. But he landed bad on his neck, man. Like that was that wasn't too good at all. But I'm definitely glad. Pinto I mean, almost I had Pinto almost bit it bad too on that apron. Yeah, I thought that match Ooh. was a little bit worse, especially like yeah. the as much as I like Alex Abraham. Ab, how do you say his name? Abrahantes. Yeah, Alex Abrahantes. Yeah, as much as I like him, um, the promo in the middle of the match was kind of weird. Uh, I like Penta says like that. I love that gimmick a lot. Um, I again, yep. I thought that match was a little bit worse in the the, the opener. But yeah, um, like you said, Ricky, I definitely felt like he was a little bit off. And like I said, I'm just I'm glad nothing's wrong because he definitely took a really bad landing on his neck there. They had a really good reversal. Steven? They had that really good spot where there was like a reversal that uh, it was like. I can't remember what Ricky Starks did, but it wound up with him like kind of flipping off the ropes, like right into like the dead eye position. Like I thought it was like, so there was some pretty cool like spots that they kind of put together. One thing I'll say about Hangman that I mentioned when I was watching with my buddy yesterday, like I'd like to see him win some matches, not necessarily against Ricky Starks because Starks has been like kind of mid card dude, but like just winning with clotheslines. Like, so like when the, when the buckshot hits, like that always ends the match, kind of like the one we named Joel, but I like to see him just win with just straight up lariats every now and then too, and just get his clothesline over because you can hit that at any time, anywhere without needing the front flip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he has a really uh, he, nice he lariat. Won with this, he won with the submission, right? He won with the submission in that one. Yes. Yeah, that was um, weird. I was like, okay. And it was like a yeah, it was like a snare trap, STF, whatever. But like with yeah. the leg hooked with his arm instead of his leg. Yeah, hook. Say hook. Hook. Yeah. <laughs> Hook might have yeah, the up, worst what's looking. Up with all the, what's up with all the hook hype? Like I see that on Twitter. Everybody's hyped for hook. Like, is he supposed to be good? He might have the worst working kicks I've ever seen. Like what he did on Dynamite last night. Will look were they so really bad. that bad though? Were they that the bad? Kicks were that bad. Like, you know, but his, his suplexes have been great. Like, tr- right. like I want, I, I want to be a fan of Hook. Trust me. I, well, I, like, I, like I even first... saw like on True Slayer's Twitter, he's like, "Oh man, when they release Hook, it's going to be a big deal." And I'm just like, <laughs> "A lot of this stuff is a meme. A lot of it is a meme, okay. honestly." Okay. And I kind of join along with it, but okay, because you yeah. were joining along with it too. So then I was like, "Dude, is are they like serious? Like, is this guy like <laughs> supposed to be the next big thing? Like, I don't, I'm not seeing it, but okay." Greece agrees with me. He needs to work on his songs. That's what I'm talking about. I thought it was. I thought that was. That was nitpicking a little bit when the stops, but they'll come around. It's hook we're talking about. Are right. other people talking so, about that? I didn't, oh, I didn't even look. Oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even look. I just that yeah. was just I remember watching. Yeah. So so like this is just gonna look straight up WCW War Games. Is that the look they're going for? Double cage, or well, the, the, the not double cage, but the double rings with the cage with the yeah yeah. So it's not the yeah, hunter version. It. There's gonna be a top to it. No hunter version. Okay. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with the. I mean. You got some cool spots with the hunter, you know, with oh, the yeah. ricochet double double flip and I was I was at the first one. I was at the the War Games in Houston uh, for NXT when they did it. So that was awesome. I just I like I like the old school version. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all for it. And they're marks for WCW, so like I think anything that they can bring back, they'll do it. Oh yeah. Um let's see. Tony Soprano versus uh who did he wrestle? Billy Gunn, he wrestled Billy Gunn. That was stop. I, I I don't need to see Billy Gunn on Dynamite like ever. Like, and his son, the tall one, is like literally the fountain of youth of him. Like, he looks just like him. It's they, both, they both do. Well, the one has like the long, like the longer badass Billy Gunn hair, and the other one like just looks like 
it's like, like the one belly gun and that, the badass. If the tall one grew a mullet and like wore jeans, he is a smoking gun. Like it, it's it's how they all started. Like it's it's just it's he that is his son. You can definitely tell. I like the visual so. for the chair shot that Nick Camarado took. I thought that was oh, really good. Yeah. When they zoomed in on Rushed it, I thought that was pretty it. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um but I mean pretty good. It's a it's a dark feud that they have on TV. Um, yes. I, you know, it's cool that they're trying to get over the factory, you know, that's, that's fine. They're trying to get over those guys, but it's definitely a, a dark elevation type view that they're trying to get on TV. So I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. And they bought the bull rope in there. So I guess they're going to do a bull rope map match. In the, so like, the do you guys think that dark will be like, once everything opens back up and they're not just taking all these indie guys, do you think dark will be more so like their low level mid card type guys in dark and then like most of the guys that they want to push and their main eventers will be like dynamite or do you think they'll always just keep bringing in guys to try out and then like how do you think they'll do it they'll probably bring in guys depending on whatever region they're in so like if the the person is local and they're like kind of known they might bring them in for dark um i mean i feel like dark is going to go back to where it was like you know two or three matches before and after the show um and when i, guess I went all- to dark like it was like mostly their talent. It wasn't right. any local jobbers, and it was like headlined by a big person at the end, like the Young Bucks. Like right. the Young Bucks were at the dark that I was at, and um, another one that I was at a dark. Like it was, it was like Pack and Phoenix and like stuff like that. Like that I was. Think, what I think dark it just all depends on what this third hour is going to be, and like yeah. Like, is it going to be part of the Dynamite taping? Because then you still have Dark, and are they going to – I mean, they might go on the road think, on, like, a weekend or something. They would, do you think that they would be better off with, like, having a show filled with, like, like those MJF-type promo segments and, like, storylines of, like, like countdown show-type footage and stuff like that that builds – like, almost like a really high professional being the elite-type mm-hmm. show – and then dynamite would actually be the wrestling action. Like, what do you think of that? But I still, I mean, you have you have like a show, like maybe like that hour long show where it focuses in on like the production and like the video packages. But you still have a couple of matches that you put in there just to you know give people something. But yeah, I would I would definitely like to see that for sure. Where you have more of the video packages, you have the background of what's going on with the matches and the guys themselves. I would definitely like to see that a lot more because they have some good video packages that we just don't see it all the time on TV. What do you think, Steven? Yeah, I mean, saying I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, is like Dark Elevation going to stay as its own thing too? Like they'll have Dark Elevation, then they'll also have Darks, and they'll have Dynamite. Like I don't know how it's all going to work because I think Dark Elevation. I think they'll keep bringing in indie guys because that's kind of like, I think that was kind of the idea of it. I think. I'm still not sure exactly what the big difference between Elevation and just Dark is from what I've seen so far. Um, Elevation feel like, feels like it has night? more. Yeah, so yeah, but Elevation does feel like it's a little bit more storyline driven. Yeah, like they're trying yeah. to like explain characters more on there from what right. it seems like. But uh, but like if you watch Twitter, like on Twitter, they they had that Sheeta and Tay Conti video package. It was like three minutes. It was really good. Like that should have been on dynamite, the whole thing. It's just three minutes. Like, but they cut it to like twenty seconds and then put that. So like I would like if they're if they're putting that much money in production into making these things, then there needs to be a platform to show them on a bigger scale, in my Dar- opinion. Darby's promo was good. 
Yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks, his promo that he did in the yep. bar. It was really yep. good. Yeah. That, that stuff definitely needs to be on TV somehow. I agree. They like do those being road, the elite those sometimes, road, too. Yeah, those road do, like, to um, AEW shows are really good. Like, right. They have a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know what ideally you'd want to see in the third hour, but I think that um, – I think that that would be kind of a cool idea. Maybe it's have exciting. one big match. Maybe have like one big match that you hype and tape, and then the rest of it's like just build up for the next dynamite or something. Because like honestly, that. if you go back to old school wrestling, like primetime wrestling and all that stuff, a lot of that was just like build up to get to matches. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't mind some of that. Or like a Saturday night's main event where you have like start the show with like a really big main event. And then like the rest yep. of the show is maybe like, maybe like a quick, you know, job match here. And then like mostly video packages to build up for the next week's dynamite. I yeah. That'd, that'd be, be dope. Cool. Yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. Like I if you like had more, Adam page more, and uh... Brian cage on the next, on the next, like the three hour show, then you would be in in really good shape as your like main event, and then you could just like build up blood and guts, and yeah, something like that. I think would be really cool. So you still haven't watched Mighty Ducks, huh, Brandon? Have not touched it though. I think I'm just gonna binge it once it's all out. What do they do? What do they have like uh, eight episodes for the season? Do you know how many? I don't know how many, and I don't know if Steven can handle that when it's over, but. It's ten. It's ten episodes. The episode ten episodes? five. Episode five is tonight. So. So we're halfway there. It'll be halfway tonight at three o one a.m. Eastern time. So. Has it's Russ really Tyler good. shown up yet? None of them Not have yet. showed up yet. None of the original no. ducks outside of Gordon Bombay, who is now no. piping down a new hockey, hockey mom. So. I, is, we we really need Charlie. Like to me, Charlie sure. seals the deal. Like you gotta have Charlie. I think Charlie's going to come back. He's going to teach Evan the triple deke, how Bombay taught him the triple deke. And then maybe Charlie – I think it's going to all end with – I hate to break it to you, but I don't think Charlie's going to be there. But I would like to see – I mean, I think you're going to get your Avermans and all that for sure, but, you you know, your guys and Connies and all that. But I don't know if they can – if they're going to get Charlie. I don't know. But I do think that they're going to, like, beat the Mighty Ducks at the end and, like, become the mighty ducks again like and it'll be yeah. like that they you know it's not all about winning anymore now it's you know back to the and maybe like i don't i mean it's pretty predictable like storytelling but if it's they can keep just no i agree if they do it right and they just keep pumping this nostalgia into it for me like i'm i'm good who's the how many times has uh, wrestling been predictable and it's been great the heel sorry the, the heel is the mighty ducks yeah, they're the heels. Yeah, they're the yeah. Oh, is it like the hawks? Are like they like the baby face? Yeah, or something? Yep. they've become. They, they, are, they are the hawks. That's exactly what they. That's are what they've now. become. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. And now it's a it's but it's basically the storyline of little giants where like the kids who yep. can't like make or have like or corky or can't make the team are the new team, and that's like oh, that's who's okay. gonna. I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah. But they need like one star player, so they try to recruit that star player because she's not happy on the Mighty Ducks, and so he wants her on there. But like her parents want her to be the best, you know, like stuff like that. And then um, 
Gordon also is like bitter because he lost the Mighty Ducks and he hates what they've become. So he wants nothing to do with hockey. But now he's starting to see how these kids are taking to hockey and it's like getting him motivated to coach again and all that. So, hmm. yeah, it's it's good. It's definitely worth watching. Best show on television right now. Way better than Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Way better than Raw. If you, if you want to spend an hour of your day watching, watching anything, I'd, I'd recommend Mighty Ducks over Raw. I have absolutely no clue what's going on on Raw. I, I couldn't tell you. Although, well, same. Please, 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 please explain to me this. How did Retribution replace the Hurt Business? Like, how know. did they let those guys go when they were over and it was making sense and it made sense why they were all together? And now you have like T Bar and that other guy, and then they took off their masks. Am I correct? I mean, I didn't watch Raw, but I did see that uh, that yeah, Dijak and Dio Madden is and Dio Madden. I only know because he was like a Raw commentator for a second, and I just remember Brock just murking him on something that we never saw him again. So that's all I know about Tough him, guy. unfortunately. Tough guy. <laughs> so, so like, what? That's terrible. Like, what are we doing? I um so I, I follow Voices of Wrestling, which I know a lot of people don't like them, but um on their podcast they had talked about the way that they watch Monday Night Raw is that when they look at it, basically Monday Night Raw is just three hours that they use to create footage for the video package on the pay per view. So that's what TV is used for. So like yeah. all the segments and everything, all of that stuff is just to make that two or three minute video package on the pay-per-view. Because like as far as we know, what everyone says, you don't really have to watch the TV shows. You watch the, the pay-per-view, you, the video yes. packages gets everything true. out of the way. But they say like from the way like all of the mannerisms, like the way they speak on there, it's specifically to make those video packages. And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, that's great. I'm not watching the sense. show, but I just thought that was that made sense. Yeah, yeah, that's very true because I mean, like, if you don't watch it, and then not only that, they can tell the story any way they want with that footage on the video package. Because on the video package, it's actually going to look good, regardless of how terrible it looks on Raw. Like they can they can spruce that thing up, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, that looked cool. So like, it definitely makes sense. They're they're manufactured product content. Um, that's what, yeah. and that's another thing that Nick Khan he flat out said that they're not a wrestling company. He didn't really go like sports entertainment. He said they're a content company. They're here to make mm. content and sell it to mm. a specific company, and that's what they're here. They're just pounding out content. Yeah, that hurts Children. my heart. Yeah, I know, it's true. Flat out said. I know it's true. I know it's true, but it hurts my heart to hear it. Yeah. That's why they don't give a damn if things get edited out of the network or whatever, because as long as they can put the content out, they don't care. Take that segment out and then let us push the content. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's very interesting, though, because what what people are starting to learn is how important it is to own your content. Right. Like you don't want to pay the rights to anything. You want to own all your content. That's why Disney Plus is such a monster. And that's why Netflix is somewhat struggling because they don't own a lot of that content. A lot of that stuff is not original. and They have to pay those rights. Disney literally owns all of it. So then they can just push it and they don't have to pay for anything. So, yeah, you get all the, the benefits. And then at the end of the day, you don't have to pay any royalties or anything out like that's 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 huge. It's pretty so, wild how Netflix, like, it's happening to them when they're the ones who, like, 
really like revolutionized like the whole idea of like streaming and they did it with all this other content that like wasn't anywhere else like all these shows that like nobody really cared about or like were, were older and they just like put them on there but they didn't own any of it so now it's right. like they're just pulling them they, off of there right they made the they made their name off of the backs of like the office and yes. friends and yep. breaking bad like in the walking Boys. dead yeah for sure and like honestly honestly even disney stuff they had a right. ton of disney stuff yeah. they were right. disney plus before disney plus and now now they do have i mean they have a ton of original tv yes. shows and movies documentaries are great they didn't have a lot of money before they started making that stuff. And now they're spending so much money trying to make that original content that it's like really hurting them. So they have a lot of good stuff, but they just, yeah, they're not, they're not making a lot of money from it. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I like, I think their documentaries are incredible. Like that's the main yeah. reason why I even still keep up with Netflix at all is just to see whatever, you know, whatever documentary once, once they I, got once on Once I got Cobra Kai, I was I had to for sure keep my Netflix subscription. I like, I like my Netflix months, honestly. No, I, Cobra Kai doesn't come out till the end of next year or the end of this year, so that's when I'll really be back into it. But my wife watches Netflix too, and then I've been like flirting with Hulu, like to decide if I want to do the Hulu Live or keep my Direct TV, one or the other. And I saw that Hulu Live is going to have a uh, Red Zone and NFL Network this year, so. I thinking I want to just go with Hulu Live and be done with satellite altogether. I wish I could just pay a channel, a specific channel, yep. money each month just for it. All I need is yep. ESPN and TNT, and literally that's it. Like I'm good with everything else. Yeah, yeah. I wish you could do the same for sports teams. I wish you could just buy the Vikings package and just right. stream yeah. all the Vikings games. Like right. I don't know why that isn't a thing. I mean, I know it's because of the Directv deal, but like I wish that wasn't in the way. And what's of cool is like the NBA like League Pass. Even though like I get the whole thing, like they have an option where you can just pick four or five teams, and it's a little, little bit cheaper. So that way, if you just wanted your team and you know somebody else, you could be able to do that. I wish like oh, yeah. NFL, I could just I could buy Titans games and, and that that's it. Exactly. They're way too greedy for that. No. Although it'll be very interesting what happens when they go to ESPN Plus and everyone can get the ticket. So is like, that, I don't know how that's is that, be. I, I saw that's not like 100% confirmed yet. Yeah, yeah, it isn't. I got real excited when we talked about it that one week and I found out it's like years away from being possible. It's 2023. It's 2023 is when it's going to happen. That's what they said. I hope so. That's yeah, the same thing true. with Amazon. Like Amazon will have Thursday night football and. Uh, but yeah, it's it's 2023, and I heard like 2022, you'll start to see some signs of like things that they're going to be doing. But like 2023 is like when the full rollout comes out. So, hopefully, so. So before we bounce, guys, did you guys catch the A and E Stone Cold documentary? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't. I mean, would would there be anything different? Like, did you see anything different that we didn't? We don't it's already the know. Present, it's the presentation of Just it. Just a different it's presentation. Really like a, it's a walk down memory lane. It's really well you. done. And it's you. like an hour and a half. And you have current interviews with The Rock and Stone Cold and all that. Like the one thing that, that really caught my attention was how he explained his relationship with his daughters that I didn't really understand at a point. But like he was basically saying that like his wife took his kids to like England and then like the nine 11 thing happened and they ended up just staying there and he called them to talk to his daughter. And he realized that like, she no longer had his accent and she had like an English accent and it like messed him up. 
because he just knew that like time had gone by. And then how like, long were they there? They, that they're, I think they're still there to be honest with you. I don't oh, know for geez. sure, but like they're grown now. And, right. and he said like, they're grown, but like, they still don't have a great relationship. It's the best mm. it's been, but he's like, they don't really know me and I don't really know them the way it should be. And it's like, they, and then like Heyman put over the fact that like you do that, you sacrifice your family in this lifestyle to, to be the person that put a mark in this business that changed the game and all this stuff. And it's like, it just really put in perspective how much like he really gave up to, to be that guy. Um, so it just kind of took home that. And then like, also they had some of his family members and like one of his brothers is like the biggest hick hillbilly you will ever see in your life. Like, like, Hey, I will you should sit down and watch that wrestling on TV, you know, and he had his, you know, and then when he's talking about the Owen Hart injury, like he starts to tear up and he's like, I, I do. It was bad. I do. It was bad when, mm. they, when I saw it, you know, like stuff like that. So like, it, there's certain things that like you you didn't see, and then another thing that I found interesting was is Vince McMahon gets interviewed, and he was just like, you know, when I saw Steve as the ringmaster, I thought he was wasting my time, and I was right. just like, yeah. damn. I think I saw that, that clip on that. Yeah. Like I know I know that Austin hated it, but it's like Vince was thinking like this is a big waste of my time. Like he's nothing. Yeah. So, and and to me, like one thing I really that just blows me away about Steve's like career it's just like how that guy was just a nobody and he became like the biggest name in wrestling like arguably in history and he did it within like like a four to six year run like that was it and it was over even short runs yeah for sure and so and and they kind of did it together and they definitely bring that up but like it just in wrestling, that's so crazy to me that this guy was on WCW for all these years and like no one saw anything to to really think that he could be it. And like by him changing his look and certain circumstances happen and one promo that he just knocks out of the park, like it's just crazy to me how much like that's just like lightning in a bottle that I don't think anybody can ever do again. Right. Yeah, it was uh it was interesting listening to like I listened to Brian Alvarez talking about like his perception of it, and I yes. thought his take was really funny because for well for one thing, like you had asked me before if I had seen it, and I told you direct messages like I like I didn't really it was all stuff like Brandon was asking like I knew pretty much we'd heard all these stories before, right. yeah. but like what I thought was really funny that <clears throat> Alvarez brought up <clears throat> and the guys on his show they were talking about how most of it was actually unintentionally about how the WWE had no idea what to do with Steve Austin. Like, like what, yep. what you were just saying, Doug, like really what it really highlighted was like, you had all these segments where it was, you know, like Vince McMahon saying that he didn't see anything in stone cold stone cold saying that his thought the ringmaster gimmick sucked from day one. You have Bruce, Bruce Pritchard sitting there like, yeah, it was no good, but I mean, we had to do it. And it's like, wait, so like you're just a straight up yes man is what you're saying. Like that's all mm-hmm, yep. like you're like you're admitting that you thought it sucked too, but like you just did it because Vince wanted to do it. Well, and, so, and, like, and they had him by the balls. Like he had torn his tricep off of his arm and he wasn't making any money. And so when they call him and say, hey, you want to be the ringmaster? Like that's his shot. That's all he could do. 
you know, yeah. like that, that's, what's crazy is like, it's just so many different circumstances that happen. Yeah. So yeah. He, uh, I and mean, he was thought- talking about like, like his look and how like he always wanted to look a certain way and he just couldn't figure it out. And he's like, yeah, I shaved my head and all that. And he's like, but once I grew that goatee, like that changed everything. Like mm-hmm. that's when I knew that like, okay, I can start to deliver this character now. And there's just so many classics. And the thing that I think was so legendary about him was, is it's not that he could beat everybody's ass, but like he was going to try, you know what I mean? And that's what made it so captivating with Mike Tyson. Most people thought that Mike Tyson would knock him out, but they just respected the fact that he would just go out there and say like, I'm going to whoop your ass son. And whether I can win or not, I'm still going to just start swinging. And, and that, that was the character. He always moved forward. He always just kept going. You know what I mean? I think it's hard for people who, and I always kind of get weirded out and I always ask them like, what, what drove you to be a fan? Like someone who became like a wrestling fan, like 2005, 2006 or something like that. I think it's really hard for them to grasp like how huge Austin was yeah. like yeah yeah Austin or like wrestling like like I asked them like you know somebody who who started watching in 07 I'm always interested like well like what drove you like because there was not a whole lot going on especially like the Benoit stuff was happening Stop. and yeah it, it was not that great so I'm like you know what drove you like was it Cena or anything like that and you know I'm always asking them like like did you have like friends or anyone that also watched wrestling, I'm like, oh, I like, you know, maybe have like one friend or something like that. I'm like, well, just imagine like back in the day, like not only did all of your friends watch wrestling, but all of the people that you knew in the school watch wrestling, people that yes. you didn't even know watch wrestling, the yes. teachers knew what it was. Like, yeah, it was yeah. so, so huge. And with Austin being on top, man, like I said, just like you, you had to kind of have lived it just to understand like how, how big it was. Everyone was wearing a Goldberg or a Steve Austin shirt. I mean, everywhere. Everybody was wearing it. You go to Walmart and it would be there. Like all the, it'd be in the mall. It'd be in Walmart. It would be everywhere. You wouldn't have to go and order anything on WWE shop because it was everywhere locally if you wanted to buy something. Like it, and like popular girls wore NWO Wolfpack shirts and like popular guys. Like there was no, like the nerds and the jocks and everybody else you want to talk about, the preppy people, they all wore wrestling stuff. It was just like a huge part, like, like the Jake Paul stuff, like that was pro wrestling. Like that was the buzz where people were watching that aren't even fight fans, aren't even wrestling fans. People watch some people watch just to see the story of Austin McMahon. Like that that's the thing. And like that's always what like a Vince Russo theory was, and that's why he can never let it go, was like I wanted the people that did not watch wrestling to watch wrestling. So we would do anything and everything. But it's like you're not giving enough credit for the guys that actually were able to deliver that. That was lightning in a bottle. Like do you really think that if WWE was just like on their wits end, they're close to going out of business? Could they pull something off to where they just decide you're the guy, you're the guy, you're the guy. We're pushing you to the moon, and and they could they could figure it out and make things go good again. No, or if they I had Steve either. Austin, The Rock today, like they it, it would be nothing. It would it would fall flat. Which I don't even think that, I don't even think that's just because of the time, like the PG era and everything. Yeah, like even like a PG, I feel like you could still get around and have Austin. You might not be throwing yeah. middle fingers or anything like that, but you could still make him a star. And I don't think they could do it. 
Right. I mean, you can still do all the stuff where he drives construction trucks and, you know, does all that stuff, destroys cars and, you know, makes Mr. McMahon's life a living hell and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they could. I think that, that a lot of it had to do with talent. Like it was, it was such a huge part and they didn't just have like Austin, the rock. They also had triple H and the undertaker and mankind. Like they had like a nucleus that just, and even like their mid carters, people were interested in at least the storylines and like, but like people just got involved. Like it was just a different, a different thing because back then stories were everything mm-hmm. because I remember ordering WCW pay-per-views just to see the conclusion of storylines. I didn't care about the matches. I didn't care about Hulk Hogan and Lex Luger, but like I wanted to know who was going to be the champion the next night on Nitro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really like, cared about Roddy Piper and Hogan like big time. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. No, nobody cared about that. And But what's funny though, is I didn't like completely mark out over a cruiserweight match either. Like I knew how good they were. Like I enjoyed them. I always thought like, oh, these guys were awesome. But like, if you told me who am I paying a ticket to see Ray Mysterio or Hulk Hogan, I mean, it was Hulk Hogan without a doubt. Like I'm not, or Sting or any of those, like I'm not here for, for Jericho and Dean Malenko and all that. But now, like if I'm going to watch actual wrestling matches, those would have been the guys. I was, I was conditioned a little bit back in that time period, like yeah. late 98, 99, where I, I mean, the stories were everything. And I mean, yep. the matches were so, you know, three minutes DQs, three minutes count out, whatever like that, yep. that I didn't care too much. Like I always liked the main event because I always knew the main events were huge, but yep. like everything else in there, like I didn't, I, you know, I, I still enjoyed it, but I didn't care about it too much just because that wasn't the focus. It was always the story. Right. Like people paid money to see Jay Leno wrestle and it had nothing to do with the match. They just wanted to see if Jay Leno and DDP or whoever could like win. Like that was the the point or who was going to join the NWO or, you know, whatever, like Sting coming out from the rafters. Like it was just such a different deal. And same thing with Austin McMahon, like, what is Vince going to do to screw over Austin? How's Austin going to overcome the odds? And, you know, like it just, it was a, it was just such a, a different time, but like, this is the thing that frustrates me is like, I've been through all the eras, right? Like the Hogan macho man, ultimate warrior era. And I've been through Austin and the rock and all that. And like, I don't think wrestling like as matches quality, it's never been as good as it is right now. Like it's clearly the best. And if you're going to pay a ticket, like this is the best time to go to a live show for me, because like these matches are unbelievable. Like it's incredible to see live. So it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, but the emotion is missing in a lot of this stuff. And that's what I hope. And that's what I felt when I went to AEW shows before the pandemic it's like the emotion was there. The the attitude era emotion was starting to get there. And you could feel it, you know, like when Moxley came out and when Adam Page was really over and like it it, it felt like that type of vibe. So that's my hope is like when fans come back and all that, that we kind of get back to to that point to where we care so much that like we're talking about big pops and emotion and the whole nine. Yeah, it'll be what nice. Do you think, Steven? Yeah, it'll be nice. I, I hope. I I mean, I just have no faith in like the WWE to do that. But like, you know, same, same, <laughs> so, no, same. 
I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just talking about AEW. I don't. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I like I like what AEW is doing. You know what I mean? I talk about that all the time. Like I think that no. like about 85 percent of their show is good. Some of it, but, isn't, I, but, but I think right now AEW is still watered to what it's going to be. Like I think they're they're just they're 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 basically running a more a little bit more than a halfway product. But like I think they've been holding out on Kenny yeah. and, and Adam Page for the longest time, and they're finally just like screw it. I think they've been holding on War Games for the longest time, like or Blood and Guts. Mm-hmm. So like I, I think now they're just about to just unleash again, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope that's what I mean. I I think AEW, I'm really excited too. It's like knowing that they did another you know 1.1 or whatever this uh, yep. yesterday's. Uh, dynamite and stuff so it's like the even if it dropped down a little bit here or there it's like we're talking consistently a million or so viewers that you know they're doing something right and we've talked about it before on this show you know impact's been around for two decades and in less than two years aew has in you know it's not even comparable the amount of buzz that aew has versus in, in less than two years than what impacts me able to do in 20 years, you know? So it's like, we're definitely seeing something special and I hope, you know, I, I really feel like you do. I think that they're definitely holding out on things until the fans come back. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, but here's the other thing. Like, it's also totally possible. I hope it isn't, but it's also possible. I've just been wrong about all this stuff with like all this, like all the forbidden door ideas I've had and all and like, maybe it's just, you know what I mean? Maybe it just isn't, Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe the, for, like, the forbidden door. The forbidden door goes as far as impact, and like that's it. Like y'all have a good one. Take care. Yeah. Like, like oh man. I mean, it'd be a bummer if. I mean, I really feel like they're building a lot of these stories for fans. You know, like for when those fans are around. But like, I'm also you know I just I have a lot of faith in AEW and, and what they're doing. So you know, I give them I give them the benefit of the doubt with a lot of stuff too that I just don't give the benefit of the doubt to the WWE for anymore because. Like with the amount of money they have and the they resources, yeah. Like there's there's no excuse for what they're doing. So, and why um, like, on earth would you call it WrestleMania backlash? A clickbait. Like, clickbait. You you're trying to trick people. No, you're I trying to trick it. people. One hundred percent. It's just like, dude, that's sacred. Leave no, that it's, alone. It's people going on Peacock that like are gonna see WrestleMania on there. And they're yep. gonna be like, oh WrestleMania, like not even knowing like last month was WrestleMania. It's total this is the clickbait. Sequel. Yeah, it's the, the house show. Remember, they used to do the WrestleMania Revenge tour yep. right after. Yeah, yep. because of that, it just oh, let's just put it on pay per view now. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, wow. And then they're gonna have like um, uh, it in the uh, the Thunderdome or whatever too. So like they're gonna have uh, big old WrestleMania shows, and then here's the WrestleMania Backlash sequel and freaking Thunderdome and no fans. Like, come on down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's very telling. Like, when we were talking last week about this stuff, like, Brandon, you're long-time, a lifelong wrestling fan, and, like, you keep up with New Japan, and, you know, you have all this vast knowledge of, like, you know, in you know TNA from back in the day and all that. I mean, just like us, giant, giant wrestling nerd, right? And you didn't even bother turning on WrestleMania. Like, yeah. that's, that's like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and you're not alone. Like that's, that's a gigantic red flag. If you're, if you're the WWE, like you're losing people who have literally invested like 30 years of their life in it. They just don't even care to watch your biggest show anymore. Yeah. Right. For sure. It's just, I think in, in life, like 
the most precious thing that you have is time. Yeah. And like, why am I going to waste my time on a product that not one, I don't care about. And then two, like it doesn't really care about me as a fan. Yeah. Um, like again with AEW, they're not perfect, but for me, it's the effort. They're at least trying to give me what I want. It may not hit every time. It's not going to hit every time, but they're at least trying. And I don't feel like WWE does that. It's just pumping out content and it's not for me anymore. Yeah. Right. It's the demographic thing we always talk about. Like they're okay with losing us, but bringing in the five to 10 year old kids and their parents, but they don't care if like, if we're bailing. So, you know, they're getting what they're asking for basically. And the other thing is they will sell us out for bad bunny fans. I guess at the end of the day, that's what they'll do. But yeah, we'll take the well, bad bunny fan and you can go. What they need to do, what, what they would, what, what AEW has that's very beneficial to them right now. And I'll put over, I'll actually put over PS Power about this because he's done videos. <laughs> Here we go. Here he's we done go. videos. WWE. Well, no, but I'm going to say it. So, but I do agree with this. You don't want to be, you don't want to have the little brother syndrome. You want to have the big brother syndrome, meaning AEW, like if you're, if you're like a kid and you're in that like WWE demographic of like, you know, 10 year old kids or whatever, but you know that like the older quote unquote cooler kids, like they're watching AEW. It's the same thing that happened to me when I was watching WCW and the NWO was awesome. And then it started to kind of go downhill. And then I was like, Oh, the cool kids are watching Shawn Michaels and DX and this. So like I had to see what was going on. So I think you could potentially if there's a big enough fan base that's like pumping, you know, if we have a million people in like this 18 to 50 demographic, basically, and that's kind of where, you know, it kind of trickles down to like the younger crowd going, why am I spending my time watching? Uh, I don't even know T bar mace or whatever, when I could be watching what the cool people are talking about over here on AEW, like, and they're going to want to see what that's all about. That's how you get new fans, but you don't want to be the quote unquote little brother that's putting on shows where it's like why would you you know what i mean you don't want to go try something out that you think is gonna be less cool than what you're already watching so um i think they have opportunity there like just being like the kind of cooler brand that you know that like the our demographic is watching you know yeah no i I mean i think what's crazy about AEW is is this they're they're they've got like a nick Khan type but he's a super smart mark so like they he he understands how fans feel and what they want to see and and stuff like that and that's that's a huge advantage that you have someone that's so smart business wise but then you also he also really gets the business and understands it to a point. I mean he's a super mark so he is a mark um, and that kind of makes me nervous sometimes. But at the end of the day, like. And the great thing that I love about them is like if they if they messed up, they know they messed up. They don't just pretend to be in la la land and just be like, you're just gonna deal with it and we'll just have our next pay-per-view and blah blah. Like they know they messed up and then they try to make up for it. You know what I mean? Like you can feel that they they have a a real uh they really have a pulse on the business and they understand what's going on, what's hot, what's not. And, and, and that's, that's huge to me because I feel like Vince is so outdated and he just has no clue what people really want anymore. And he's totally fine by just presenting the wrestling that he wants to present. 
And they, all they have to do is just keep on pushing out content. Like you said, it's just content creators, literally like YouTube, like just content creators and just pushing it out. You know what I mean? Um, forget about the quality of it or whatever else. So it's uh, it's crazy how the, the game has changed. But one thing that, that I think is really underestimated, though, is like people keep saying they're worried about the future of pro wrestling and they're worried about pro wrestling. Man, if you really think about and break down how much pro wrestling is still being watched, it's just not being watched on one company anymore. It's just spread out. But like people are watching pro wrestling. It's still a huge amount, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, well, there's if you look at the AEW rating, the NXT ratings, it, SmackDown, uh, WWE, and then all, look at all these places that want to sign deals. Vice won in New Japan, and Vice ended up signing MLW, and Access got Impact, and like it's just people are always going to want that content, and no matter what, this business always finds a place. No matter what happens, there's all because people want live, like these companies want live content. That's what they want, right? And pro wrestling is always going to be able to give them that. So. I, I just don't. It's live content I, continuously. It's not like NFL. I mean, NFL is a juggernaut, but you know, companies would love if NFL was fifty-two weeks a year. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, in a, in a yeah. basketball, eight months out of the year. Same thing with baseball, but with with, with right. wrestling, you're getting multiple shows a week, every single week for the whole year. It's continuous. And it's built, and it's built to get bigger, right? So, like, you have your weekly Raws or Smackdowns, but then you have a pay per view, and then you have like the raw after a pay-per-view or like there's just there's not just the same thing every single week is something different or aw right the like each dynamite has a usually a pretty decent card that you're looking forward to every wednesday and so there there's just a way to have that and then like i said it if you follow it all you know if you're just a fan of pro wrestling in general general in general and you watch new japan and tna and and you know, AEW and WWE and MLW and all like you're watching a ton of wrestling. That's not even mentioning any of the indies yet. So ROH, like you're talking about just an unbelievable amount that, that people are still really watching wrestling. It's just not all just on one company anymore. Right. So uh yeah. just real couple of quick real thing uh things I wanted to hit. Um Thoughts on CM Punk not denying the Osprey match, like not just flat out declining the Osprey match in New Japan? It's interesting. Um, I feel like it's the most he's like hinted at potentially wanting to come back. Um, I'm still in the boat. Like I'll believe it when I see it. I love um, there. But you know, it's it's definitely interesting that he he brought that up, especially the fact that he's saying that. You know, I, I would assume when he says that he would have to, have to check out uh, Osprey, and then just you know, maybe like a year or so ago, he didn't even see any Okada matches. So the fact that again, he he's he's looking out and seeing New Japan, it's it's interesting for sure. Not I don't that think Chris Van Fleet, like when Osprey did that interview with Chris Van Fleet, he said that he kind of talked to Punk about it, yeah, and he said that Punk was not like against it. So and he felt like he could get Punk to do it, and then now they they're asking Punk, and he's not crapping on the idea. Like it's just it's kind of interesting. Like and if he were to like if he wanted to escape all the BS and not have to worry about you know 
the political craziness and all that nonsense and just went to Japan and wrestled Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, it could happen. Like, if that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, I think it's the, I mean, it's definitely the, the most interested he sounded in doing anything in pro wrestling. So, I mean, there's, there's at least that I, I'm with, I'm with y'all though. I mean, it's a really, I won't believe it till I see it kind of thing with, with Punk. How big and do you think that would be? It would be like, huge. Do you think that would be Jericho Omega or do you think it'd be even bigger? For, uh, you mean like, for like if he wrestled like Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, if it was Osprey and Punk at Wrestle Kingdom. I, mean, I think it, it would be on par with that for sure. Yeah. My yeah. whole thing is, man, like, Punk was never, like, an amazing in-ring worker. I totally He, he had great psychology and obviously really good promo, but he was never great, like, super, super great in the ring. And, like, when he, he left at 2014, like, things have, have improved – drastically since then even though wrestling was still really good back then like the in-ring work has gotten a lot better so if you stuck him in new japan like how good is that gonna be granted i feel like osprey can maybe put him through a really good match um but it, it it would definitely be interesting to see and Punk's also just, he's smart. He knows when to, when to do things at the right time. Because, like I say, he wasn't overly athletic. So, like, if he just lets Osprey kind of carry this thing, I think that they could have a, a pretty da- pretty damn good match. Plus, that would elevate Osprey, elevate New Japan. It would help Punk regain some of his image back from not just being some joke UFC fighter. Like, I think he should do it. But, I mean, it is what it is. CM Punk is an enigma. He does what he wants to do. So, but I thought it was interesting that he just wasn't like, mm, now I'll pass. I'm not interested or whatever. So, And then uh, one other thing I thought that was kind of just crazy is like, Cena's done, y'all. Like, he's, he's, it's a wrap. Like, he, he did an interview uh, recently and he said it's not, wrestle, it's not Cena mania, it's WrestleMania. And he just said that he looks at his career kind of like Austin and he just bowed out and it's over. And it's just like, man. Was that an interview crazy. that he did? Yeah, he did an interview hmm. and he said his time is his time is his time is done. Hmm. His his words are a little bit different than what he was spewing years ago. Like, oh, for sure, he yeah. got he's at the Hollywood money. Right, he's like, no, I, see happened, what, I see what, what Dwayne was talking is, about. What happened is Nikki dumped him on his ass, and he's just been broken hearted, and it completely changed his whole perspective on life. Because. If you, if you did watch Total Divas, like that guy was adamant that basically his life is to be a pro wrestler and he sacrificed being a father and a husband and a husband and all that. Like none of that will ever happen. And he's he's he understands his place. He'll be a lonely guy, but he understands his place. And this is what he's meant to do. This is his life. And then little by little, he gave in to Nikki and said, OK, we can get married. OK, we can have kids. And that's all she ever wanted. She begged for like four years. And then when it came to literally them getting married, she canceled on him. And then she went with the guy that she was um, her instructor from Dancing with the Stars while they were having issues. So I definitely think she cheated on him. But I think that that completely changed Cena's perspective after that. And he kind of figured that, Wrestling wasn't everything, and it it just changed him. So leave it to a woman to change the man. But, yeah, um, so I just thought that was interesting that, like, that's it. 
like his run is over and like it just it's weird how they just abruptly just come to an end i really wish that these guys would just say hey this is my last one but the problem with that is is they're never sure that this is their last one and then when they're gone for a while they're like i guess this is it what was his last major match was it that styles match at the rumble it was the well the last match he had it's that match major match. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know he's the had Bray like, Wyatt cinematic. That's match. what I was about to say. What was, was like, the that one was he the... he did the uh, the punch or the? <laughs> oh, I forgot. He was doing that. He was doing like a punch finisher for a second. Right. Yeah, was oh, trying so hard. It was like the over. punch of doom or something really, really cheesy like that. <gasps> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he hits you with the back the back of his. Yeah, like. Mm. Um. Yeah. Oh, the fun house. Yeah. Yeah, it was a funhouse thing. Was like the last thing, but I mean, I don't know if you consider that a match. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's you know, all those all those guys do. It's similar because you talked about it with Steve Austin, also like Steve Austin, John Cena, Hulk Hogan to a degree. I mean, they're all they all have to. I shouldn't say have to, but they all do make the choice to sacrifice their their personal lives, like to be that go to person for the WWE for you know all the outside the all the traveling and appearances and all this stuff the company wants you to do. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I couldn't care less about John Cena's relationship with Nikki Bella. Like I don't care at all about any of that, but right. like I could, but I, but I could see, I could see like a scenario like that, like maybe change and seen a little bit, like really someone up. yeah, but I mean, he was also, I mean, he was married when he got into the WWE and like that ruined his marriage. Um, yep. So, I mean, it's like, he's, but if you notice, after him and Nikki got, they broke up. He got married. Who did? Got Cena? married. Yes. Yeah, like almost immediately. I didn't even know yeah, that. Wasn't Cena got married. Nikki got married. Nikki had a baby. Like she got everything that she wanted, just not with him. And then Cena ended up getting married and becoming like a movie star. So it's just is he weird. doing a movie with The Rock now? Uh, no, he's, he's doing Fast and Furious with Vin Diesel. He's his brother. Oh, uh, I thought The Rock was in that. Okay. But, I mean, he's doing Suicide Squad on HBO Max. And then, like, he's having, from that character, he's having his own TV show on HBO Max. Like, Good for him. The dude's yeah. in a big time. My daughter loves him. him. Like, and it has nothing to do with wrestling. Like, she just, she likes him in playing with fire. And she likes the, the, uh whatever the bull he's probably more known for like stuff like that and like his memes just like the you can't see me memes and everything he's probably more known for that than actually people seeing him wrestle yeah i mean they know that he's a wrestler but they probably people more seen just his memes and like his movies than actually seen a match from him he does shows on like nickelodeon stuff now too doesn't he so it's like, like he's that. he's because it's like still well, that same that audience. TNT. You know? He's on that TNT Wipeout show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does that? Like, it's just weird seeing it with hair. Jim and George St. Pierre have really <laughs> thrown me off. <laughs> like just both thing. of them. But yeah, like him doing the Mountain Dew commercial and like the the watermelon Mountain Dew commercial, the Super Bowl. Like, just good for him though, man. Yeah, no, and for good, sure. Good for him for, for doing sure. it successfully because literally everyone we're talking about has tried this. Like Hulk Hogan yes. tried it unsuccessfully. The Rock did it successfully. Steve Austin oh, was like don't, kind don't of doubt depending. Three, three ninjas, high noon. Come on now. I'll give you that, but outside, Rocky, but outside I'm totally joking. I'm totally Rocky joking. Three, no, I know. But, no, I know. Rocky yeah. Three, Miss, No Holds Barred, Suburban Commando, Mister Nanny, like, Mister Nanny. Those are mine. You can take um, away Mister Nanny, but I'll take those three. Those, those I'll are, take Mister Nanny over Suburban mine. Commando, but that's just me. Ooh, 
Um, know you know what the funny was. thing about Suburban Commando was? Is that was the first time you heard Undertaker talk? And I it was like, you're yeah, a dead man, Ramsey. And he's like, no wonder these guys don't talk. And that was because, <laughs> like, that was literally The Undertaker. Because The Undertaker's a bad guy in that movie. That's what makes the movie so great. Like, The Undertaker's a bad guy. And it's, you know, Suburban Commando, Chet Ramsey or whatever. I completely like, forgot pretty much that entire movie, to be completely uh, honest. Like, I, I remember, you know, his, I remember Mr. Danny. I was, do you know how hyped I was when they, that trailer dropped? Like... I just know the trailer from the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, VHS. Like I watched it yes. over and over. Yes, that's yes. right. That's yep. You're yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Was that the one yep. that had the like the kids playing baseball before the movie too? Like that was the uh, first not, one. Yeah, that was the, yeah. That was the first uh, the, Turtles VHS. That, 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 that that's the Pizza Hut commercial or whatever. Yes. Like yeah, I that played, Pizza Hut Yep. Yep. <laughs> the uh, turtles the too had the uh the, they used the they used the Ferngully commercial, commercial <laughs> the Ferngully commercial, the Pizza Hut commercial, and then they had that one like big girls don't cry or whatever, they get even. They had that weird whatever Stepkids. too. Yeah, they mm-hmm. changed it though. It was they like changed the, the first name, called, yeah. yeah, they changed the name. So like yeah, I remember all that. That's that's <sighs> now now we're now we're in the childhood era. Because mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, like, dude, when I first saw Suburban Commando, that thing looked like Hulk Hogan meets Star Wars. I was so hyped. Like, and then I remember watching it, and it was just like, this is kind of bad, but like you your mind just won't accept it. Like, it's just like this is Hulk Hogan. It's not bad, but it is bad. You know it's bad, but you can't you're gonna watch it ten times over because it's like Hulk Hogan, you know? I'll give it another chance. I saw Mr. Nanny so many times because it like played on TBS so often. Like I would just like saw it. I just remember watching it a bunch of times. Man, wasn't and, wasn't the the bad guy in that name Thanos? In Mr. It was, Nanny, it was Leslie Nielsen, wasn't it? No, no, not Mr. Oh, Nanny. Surf that, ninjas, I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's surf ninjas. ninjas. <laughs> which is, I mean, I love surf ninjas. I love surf ninjas, Wansu, dude. You can't surf it. ninjas oh, yeah. and uh, what was that movie with? Uh, Chuck Norris and the kid oh, who passed side away. Sidekicks. Yep. I used to yeah. watch those all the time. Yep. Yep. I used to get that confused with Karate Kid. Chuck Norris's ass. Very <laughs> wary. What's wrong? Oh my yep. God. Completely forgot. What is her all name? About Lauren? That. Like, mm-hmm. Lauren pities you. She doesn't like you. Oh yeah. I remember that. That was another one that was kind of bad, but like I refused to believe it was bad. Because was <laughs> yeah, so you just enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah, but like I remember watching the like the Chuck Norris flashback scenes, and they were so corny, and I was just like, "Yeah, this part's bad." Like I knew it was bad, but it, I didn't care. I was like, "This is great." Was that the right? movie that like at the end of it? I haven't. I literally haven't seen this movie in at least twenty years. But like, yeah. was that the movie? Or, like at the end of it, like a kid in like a wheelchair or something like finds like the stuff that they had worked on or something. Maybe I think it was a different movie. Yeah. I think it was something one. else. Yeah. I can't remember. I, yeah, so like many of these they, movies they are like, mission. Have, like a, have like a mask and all white or whatever. And he's doing the nunchucks or whatever. Right. And he does that because he can't do it. So like right. that's the best way they can show it. They lit the bricks on fire at the end. Yeah. It was really yeah. Cool. That's right. Oh what was that guy's name? Like Chinelli. Chinelli. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy from like Night Court, the guy from Night Court was like the gym teacher. Yeah, good stuff, man. I love. I saw that movie on an airplane when I was like ten. 
think I still remember. You know what's that. crazy is that kid killed himself, Jonathan Brandis. Is that what I, okay, I'll go say I know he passed away. I've got how yeah, I no, he killed himself. Him and Ladybugs too. I love Ladybugs. That's classic. Never saw that. Oh, that's when he dresses up like a girl to be on the girl soccer team for Rodney Dangerfield. Call it's like Juana Man, but like for soccer. Yeah, but he was like <laughs> he was trying to get a promotion and he basically Rodney Dangerfield says that he can coach and he can't coach at all. And then like uh the son that he the the woman that he's dating, the son gets kicked off of the team, and so he recruits her to dress up like a girl to be on the soccer team. And it's, it's hilarious. He falls in love with one of the girls, and it's it's fun. Wow. It's good. It sounds just like Juana Man. Yeah, yeah I, I know what Juana Man is too. It just sounds like the same story, just like the soccer. No, I know Vivica Fox. <laughs> yep, yep, good stuff. But wow, so we went there, guys, the suburban commando and surf ninjas and sidekicks and all that good stuff. But shout out Ernie Ray's Jr. Side he was in Surf Ninjas and Ninja Turtles. We talked about both those movies. Kino, uh, Bob right. Dawson, yes. I'm looking at WrestleMania 38, Roman Cena 39, Rock and Roman, or Rock Beats Roman to re- reign for the titles. I mean, I I would be okay with both of these. I, I do think there is money in a Cena-Roman match and, like, Roman retires Cena. I think that that would actually be a really cool, dope storyline and a perfect way to say goodbye to Cena. I would be all for it. I think it would be really good. Um, the Rock and Roman thing, really. I don't know why people are so dead set on Hollywood being the Rock and Roman. I mean, if, if my opinion, rock. if you're going to do Rock and Roman, I get that he's Hollywood and all, but if you're going to do that, you need to get that done ASAP. Like, that man is like 50-51. Like, get it done. If you can get it done, if you can find a room in his schedule, then just get it done. That's what I'm saying, the schedule, because, like, who knows in two years from now what he could be committed to, to where, like, he's like, yeah, WrestleMania is not that big of a deal in comparison to, like, all this other stuff I got going on. You know, though, he is doing, like, Black Adam and stuff, and that is Time Warner, so, like, who knows? Like, I don't, I don't know. They, they, it'd be interesting to see, like, how much that they keep him tied up because that could lead to TV shows now. Because that's the thing now that's crazy is, like, with these streaming platforms, when you now make a movie, you can have a spinoff TV show off this thing mm-hmm. on these streaming platforms, and they own the rights, and it can just – tie you up forever now so i think that's what they'll do with the mighty ducks like i think it'll lead to like the next movie with like the cast that we're meeting in this series right now like and they can just keep doing that put out a movie they can put another series the next year or whatever i mean kind of like what cobra kai is doing like i don't know why they wouldn't just do the same thing if it's successful i think the hard thing is is that when you get used to them deep diving into characters and all that on a tv series it's hard to go to a movie that's a good point to me to me, like this, the, what Star Wars had planned before they just screwed it all up was like they were going to kind of do like their own uh, MCU universe thing to where the final battle would be like a big theatrical movie. But like all the buildup would have been like straight streaming services. Interesting. So I don't I don't know how that like and I think that's the way to go. Like you build everything up and then the finale would be a movie in the theater or something like that. Right. But I don't, I don't know. All right, guys, I think that's good enough. Um, I hope everybody got their questions in. If you didn't, uh, 
like I said, we're moving to Tuesdays. Um, I just, I just don't think Thursdays work anymore. We've got the draft this Thursday coming up. Then we also have the return of Dark Side of the Ring, which I think Sorry will give us that. a lot of good content yeah. to talk about as well, like Dark Side of the Ring. And and yes, the Stone Cold one uh, might not have been as interesting because we've all known his stuff, but there's a lot of really good documentaries coming out. The Roddy Piper one is this Sunday. Also, if you haven't checked out that WWE Hidden Treasures, it I was going to ask have you watched that because I'm curious Dude, on that. It is it is so good. It is hilarious. Like basically, what they do is they've decided that that they basically are missing like 95% of stuff and they want all the fans to see it like a museum or something. So I think they're going to do like a hall of fame, a legit hall of fame someplace. Orlando is what it sounds like. And they want like to make sure that it's authentic and to make sure that like, you know, if you, if you need to negotiate, you can sweeten the deal. So they literally bring in Foley to find an authentic cactus Jack jacket to get an authentic Socko and to get an authentic, mankind worn shirt like when he first debuted and they bring in another wrestler from nxt i don't know who he is um but he's a mark and he's also a wrestler and he knows like certain connections and so they they go to these guys houses that has this stuff and they negotiate and some guys are like look you you do a pay-per-view party with my daughter and like we watch some matches and you can have Mr. Socko, right? Wow. And some guys are like, yeah, they're like, okay, what about 7,500? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not giving you that for 7,500. And you literally have Mick Foley wearing it and like he he's excited to have it. And they're like, no. So like Mick has to call Triple H and be like, yeah, this guy is a tough negotiator. And like, and so he's like, promising things that triple H hasn't approved and you could tell he's annoyed, but they go ahead and do it. But like, it's just crazy. Like there's communication and like Stephanie and and Vince are involved too. And they're just like, yeah, we need this stuff. Get it done. Get the deal done. Like it's, it's dope. And I think next week undertaker is going to try to find the urn that Paul Burr, Paul bear used against him, like to turn on him when he hit him with it. And so he's looking for the authentic one. And so they go in there and, and try to to get the real earn for the WWE. It sounds it sounds interesting. This is not a big deal, but does this feel genuine or does it feel like mm, this is kind of for a show? I mean, it feels pretty genuine. It, it it didn't seem that bad. And like when they go to these guys' houses, they go inside these houses. They see like their whole collection. This guy's got like authentic Shawn Michaels tights and I mean all sorts of stuff. Nice. Like, real Macho Man boots and. But the one, the one part that I saw, the dude traded his mankind yep. or his cactus jack flannel yep. for the WWE in exchange. Gave him the uh, the baseball, the two by four baseball bat from the from the I think it was from the Randy Orton Edge. No, or sorry, it's Randy the Royal Orton. Rumble. It's the Royal Rumble two thousand match. Oh, that's right, cactus. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and he wanted twenty five hundred bucks, and he got it. He got it, but that was the tough negotiator. What they ended up having to do is they had to bring him out to see uh, the headquarters of all the stuff that they had, and they were going to give him a tour, and then Triple was against it, but then Foley's like, I kind of already promised it. It's like, okay. So they end up doing it, and the guy's like walking around, and he's like, so so they're like, what is it going to take for us to get this thing? And the guy's like, I want that. 
And because he, he even tells Foley, he's like, if I give you this, then my, my Mick Foley collection that takes a huge hit. Like, I don't have anything that represents Cactus Jack. And then they were like, well, I don't know if we can give you this. And he's like, so look, this is one match, this two by four with the barbed wire. That's a career. He wore that multiple times. And they were like, he's like, I want that. And I want 2,500. And they were like, okay, deal. Hmm. So that's how they ended up getting it. But Foley wears it and everything to make sure that it's legit. And he's like, yeah, this is legit. I know for sure this is it because I wore it this way or whatever. And they kind of talk about their career in it too. Like, it's pretty good, man. Yeah, I'll it's check really it out. Well it looks like it's cool. I'll check it out. Well, and it's dope too because it's right after the A and E biography too. And they cool. said like they kept like something like seventy nine percent of the audience, and the Stone Cold biography had like the best ratings they've had in sixteen years. Like well, that makes sense because there's nothing on A and E. So like, you know, they were lucky they got in this relationship with the WWE. But I mean, now they're gonna. The fans. I mean, if we get if we get hour and a half long documentaries on Roddy Piper and uh, Shawn Booker Michaels, T's. Booker T Macho Man, Booker T, like, there's a lot of great ones that are coming up. So I think it's fantastic. Then you mix that with Dark Side of the Ring, and then you also have the return of like. Fans coming soon and all that. Like we're about to we're about to take off to the stratosphere here. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to like I I didn't even put it together when it happened, but like it made a lot more sense once I realized it. But like you know they're building in GCW. John Moxley, Nick Gage is going to be like this real big thing that they're putting together. And I didn't realize. Well, you're shaking your head. Dark Side of the Ring is doing an episode of Nick Gage. So, so like, it totally no, I know. makes that's, sense. That's why I'm like, shaking my head because I literally almost cringed when they showed that footage of him using that nasty. cutter it's nasty. on Moxley. And then he's like, then he put it on my mouth and slit my mouth open with it. I'm like, yeah. this is disgusting. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's way beyond what I would enjoy in wrestling. Like, I like yeah. deathmatch wrestling to a degree. Like, I agree. It's, it's like, that's definitely too far. That's well, and I'm crap. like, how are y'all cool with each other? Like, this is going too far. Like, he didn't even ask. He's just like, hey, I'm going to cut your mouth open with a freaking pizza cutter. Like, what? That's what I'm interested in is hearing how they explain this stuff. Because you can tell Moxley talking about it is like, he's like, yeah, I was about to start fighting the guy. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I was like, insult- basically assaulting me in the ring. And then somehow he realizes, like, he loves what's happening. He's like, I can't believe the reactions we were getting from people. And, like, it's like just to figure out how his mindset had to have like flipped from like not wanting to do that stuff to like really wanting to do that kind of stuff. Like it's going to be really interesting to hear all that. And then of course, Nick Age's story in general, like bank robbery and all that. So it's going to be a wild episode. So awesome. Yeah. All right, fellas, anything you guys want to plug? Twitter fight talk underscore follow it. A real classic, and appreciate everybody watching. Give a thumbs up if you haven't already. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate yes. it. And then, like I said, I'll be I'll be running these shows on Tuesdays now, and then that should also give me time that if something pops up that we didn't get to talk about, that I can just do like an individual video on, put some of those out, so it's not just all live streams and things like that. Kind of grow the channel that way too. So. I appreciate everybody being here. Like I said, if you haven't done a thumbs up yet, please do. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week.